Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Live from the Donatorium, it is the Fat Minute. I am your host, the man living under the stairs, Don John, joined by my co-host, the little man in the boat, BVJ. Boat? <laughs> <laughs> And we are joined by our guest tonight, the man from Nantucket, Mike Whedon. <laughs> Muff said. All right, so. Muff said. <laughs> the man from Nantucket. Muff the man said. from Nantucket. So we are continuing our uh, mini-series, our retrospective look at the decade of the 2000s. Last episode, we looked at the year 2000. So today, we are looking at the year 2001. Uh, needless to say, a lot of fucking shit happened this year. Um, yeah. So we're going to start just with. A uh, go ahead. Oh, just, a, just a tad. Just a tad. So we're going to start with some uh, cultural topics, and, and we're going to, of course, address the elephant in the room here. Uh, one, The biggest one being the 9 11 terrorist attacks. Um, as we all know, two airplanes that crashed into the World Trade Center, uh, another one crashed into the Pentagon um, in D.C. I was in, like, fourth grade when this happened, and I remember watching it, you know, the co- the news coverage live on TV. I remember they all pulled us into, like, a classroom. And, I mean, you know, we didn't – we, we kind of knew, but we kind of didn't know at the time that, like, our way of life had changed forever as this happened. And, of course, these attacks spawned so many other things that happened that year, such as uh, the biggest one being, you know, the invasion of Iraq and the beginning of the war on terror. Well, not Iraq, the invasion of Afghanistan, excuse me. Um, so, I mean, what, what do you guys remember? Somebody else made that mistake, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. W. So, what are you guys' thoughts on, on that day? Um, I'll go ahead, Mike, just, you know, since, just so you can get a, I don't know what I was going to say. I just totally stroked out. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead. Um, <laughs> uh, well, Mike, Michael and I were actually in the same classroom when we yeah. found out, um, what happened. And I remember it was Mrs. George was our teacher, and uh-huh. she got a phone call, and, you know, it was like the, the landline for the classroom. She goes over, she answers it. It's, it was either her son or daughter, and we only hear her responses to it being like, what, who, when, Wh- when, why, how, you know, how did it – and – um. Uh, she finally hangs up the phone, she turns to us, and she just says, kids, some people in the world will just never get along with each other, and that's all there is to it. And she just walked out of the room. That was that was my memory of it. What about you? He's right. Uh, pretty, pretty much the same thing. I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember distinctly, um, like after that, what Blake said, uh, there was a lot of panic. Like you know, being you know residents of Maryland, there were. Ki- I remember there was a girl. I think she said her father worked in D.C. and people felt like the Pentagon got hit. Mm-hmm. I remember she was crying hysterically, and I remember like shortly after that was like recess, 
Mm-hmm. I remember, I don't know, I mean, it was just like little kid talk, but I remember kids talking like thinking it was the end of the world and stuff like that. I remember kids talking about that. Like they thought like it was more like bombs were dropped. I don't know, something like that. Right. But um, I remember my dad telling me a story because my dad at the time, he had a construction job and he would work out of town and he was actually trying to remember where where was the plane that was supposed to hit the Pentagon? Where did it hit actually? Uh, somewhere like the, somewhere the in people, Pennsylvania. Yeah, because like the people on the plane like intervened. Yeah. Yeah, well, my dad was working somewhere in PA on a construction job, and he was maybe like 30 miles away mm-hmm. from, when, from when the plane hit, and he had told like me and my mom that that they thought like a bomb went off because it like when it hit the ground because it was going so fast he said they saw like a mushroom cloud in the distance oh wow and my my the dad my yeah the dad my dad <laughs> and his co-workers like they were just they were just kind of blown away they're like oh what the hell's going on man mm-hmm. and they they actually said eventually like um like fbi and like guys in suits showed up like, to my dad's job, like, on the construction site they were at, and, like, these guys in, like, suits, like, my dad said they look like the men in black, like, were talking to um, his, like, manager, like, his manager there, I guess, trying to tell him, like, you know, be hush-hush, but yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, not to throw my dad under the bus, but I guess I just leaked information. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So, yeah, uh, no, that's that's my personal experience to it. Yeah, it. Uh, I looked it up. It happened in a uh, Stony Creek Township in Somerset County in Pennsylvania. Um, okay, and, yeah, I think my dad was somewhere in Somerset. Yeah, and like talking about that specific one, the one where that that plane crashed in that field because the a lot of the passengers uh, basically like interfered with the hijackers. I remember when that story broke out. My stepdad had the dumbest fucking remark to it. Um, my stepdad actually got mad about the other three planes crashing into the World Trade Center and then the Pentagon, he got mad because he was like, well, look at the one in Pennsylvania. Did nobody on either of those planes want to be a hero that day? What the fuck? (laughs) Those are actual words from my stepdad's mouth. I distinctly remember those at the age of 10 coming from his mouth. Um, So in case anybody ever wonders why I don't talk to my parents anymore. (laughs) Jeez. Reason number 35. Right. Only 35. You're being generous. Um, yeah, like I said... Well, those, that was 35 at the time. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, just those... That was just a very surreal day, especially for, you know, our demographic because we were so young, and yet, at the same time, we... Like I said, we knew, but we didn't know the just how big of a day that was. Not just for us, but for the world, and just the, the, human, the human concept in general, really. Um, it absolutely changed everything. Um... And I remember here. Here's another topic we're going to touch on briefly, like a lot, of, like just this. You guys mentioned the state of panic that a lot of people went in after these attacks. Um, a week later, it actually happened on my 10th birthday. So go me. Um, there were some anthrax attacks across the country where some letters got mailed to different like newscasters and uh, some politicians, some senators that had anthrax strains in them. Um, killed a couple people. A few others got sick. Um, just uh, I remember that happening, and just everybody was already tense as it was because it was only a week after nine eleven. But that just caused everybody to go from like 
from a hundred to ten thousand. Um, what what do you do? You guys remember those at all? The the news broadcast or anything like that? The anthrax? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, not not really. No. Go ahead, Mike. I mean, I I don't remember like anything specifically, but I remember people talking about it. Right. And I feel like people thought it was connected somehow, but it's just because they just happened like one after another. It was kind of like bad things happen in threes. I mean, I don't remember the time frame, but like sometime after Anthrax, it might have might have already been in like the beginning of 2002. I can't remember, but it was like the the whole like DC sniper. Yeah. I think was that I was that like 2001 also? That was 2002. Oh, yeah, okay. I think, yeah, but it was like you know 9/11 September, so it's like you know a few months later, like after Anthrax, there was the DC sniper and I remember being like a little kid like I think I was like standing there used to be like I don't, you guys probably remember the county market yeah yeah I yeah. remember standing in line with like my mom it might have even turned a giant eagle then but anyways I remember standing in line with my mom and seeing like magazines about it and stuff and I was just like I don't know I was I was probably I was 10 at the time so I was just kind of like What's going on, man? Yeah. Yeah, it was like that. I mean, maybe beforehand we just were, um, I guess, ignorant to it because we were so young and innocent. But that just really seemed like the the beginning of like the nonstop. Like there always had to be something scary going on. Yeah. Um, you know, just ever ever since then, it was like there always had to be this 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 threat, this fear, or whatever. And I guess, like, the anthrax attacks was a premonition of things to come in terms of, like, our government at the time not getting anything right in terms of in the intelligence community. But, you know, everybody, everybody's first thought was, you know, when the, anthra the story of the anthrax attacks broke out, everybody's th first thought was, you know, oh, shit, is this Al-Qaeda? Which, you know, for good reason, everybody had reason to think that. And then we had, you know people as high up as the White House going, yeah, this looks like it might be Al-Qaeda. But the FBI is like, no, it probably isn't. And then we find out afterwards it, it, it wasn't. It was some dude uh, in the uh, military who was it was a doctor working on an anthrax vaccination who was trying to like keep his program from getting shut down. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, basically, I, like if you don't know, he he was working on a program to work on a vaccine for anthrax. His program was on the verge of getting shut down. So to keep it from getting mm -hmm. shut down, he created this like fear of like, oh shit, we need this vaccine now because the terrorists are trying to kill us with it. Oh, yeah. kind of like pain that's like that's like it's like some from a movie almost. Yeah, but that's what the FBI says happened. There are some not necessarily holes, but there are some because the guy killed himself before you know the FBI could really charge him or anything. But that's what appears yeah. to be the case. Um, but yeah, I remember that happening, and like everybody was like, "Oh my god, it's like the second wave of the terrorists trying to attack us." It's you know, and I remember like even a lot of people were even like the media, and I remember my teacher going so far as to be like, you know, like when you, if you have to buy envelopes, don't buy like the ones that you have to lick the clothes. Buy the ones that have like the stickers that you can peel off because like they're trying to like poison the adhesive that you have to lick and stuff. Like yeah. that's that's yeah. how that's how terrified people were back then. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I, I mean, said, just like that. That one day changed life forever, and it, like so many other things were connected to it. That just, it, it was like 
it was scary at the time, and I think the only reason it wasn't even scarier is just because of how young we were. Well, like building on that real quick, you know, I before I sat down to do this, I asked, you know, my wife, like, oh, do you remember what it was like? And I mean, she's she's only a few years younger than than us, mm-hmm. and um, so she would have been in the second grade at the time, and. You know, it was somehow like for others, it was like this scary, frightening thing, and then for for other people, it was like this confusing thing. And she remembered how, you know, one by one, like all her classmates kept going home early, and their yeah. parents kept picking them up. And she went home with her brother, and you know, her dad was like on a business trip, and her mom, you know, was upset the whole day, and her brother and her turned on the TV and. It was on, obviously, and they thought they were just—it was just some random action movie, and and it was just kind of like, why does the same channel keep showing the same movie, and why isn't there like any talking in it? And then it was just weird. It was just a weird, like, I guess, experience for everybody in one way or another. Right. So uh, definitely, it was—it was just a very surreal time to live in. Yeah. Um. So moving on from that, we're going to go on to the last cultural topic for tonight um, because I feel like this this was a pretty big one at the time, uh, the death of George Harrison from the Beatles. Um, now, I'm not a huge Beatles fan. Like, it's just not – their music isn't music that I really – it's just not my personal preference, and I know that's blasphemous to say, but that's just how I am. But I remember this being a big fucking deal when George Harrison died in 2001. I remember it being all over the news. I remember everybody talking about it. Um, I feel like that was like, we all have those moments where we finally realized how, where we finally realized like how old we are. And I feel like that was that moment for a lot of people was George Harrison dying. Because I mean, half the Beatles being dead at that point. Um, mm-hmm. Do you guys remember that at all or have any thoughts on that? Go ahead, Mike. Uh, <laughs> I, I figured you'd have something like. <laughs> oh, I do. I just, I just, I, I don't want to be keep being rude. Yeah. No, no, you can go first. Um, well, like the, like one, I guess, cool piece of trivia I have on it is one of the last letters he ever sent to anybody went to Mike Myers, hmm. and it was him saying how much of a fan he was of Austin Powers, <laughs> and he he literally uh-huh. just ended it being like. Asking him if he can get like a studio authentic quality mini me doll, <laughs> <laughs> just just to, just to have, I guess, just to have in his collection of random stuff or whatever. But so yeah, like one of one of the last letters he ever sent out went to Mike Myers. <laughs> he wouldn't have sent him a letter if he lived long enough to see the Love Guru. That was kind of mean. I mean, yeah, but it was funny. <laughs> I mean, the Love Girl was still better than the Zohan <laughs> that summer. Uh, oh, yeah. That's I like sa- that's like saying you would rather take a uh, cyanide instead of arsenic. Uh, take your poison. But, but I mean, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles. But even then, like when that was announced, I even then I I just knew like that was a big fucking deal. Like that was something that like a lot of people felt on a deep emotional level. Well, he would have been the first one that passed away in like decades then. Right. And the, he, first, one know, di- the first one to die of, oh, I don't know if you can call it natural causes. He died of cancer, but. 
But I mean, he got to live longer. You know, he wasn't murdered or right. You know, so so yeah. I mean, what what John Lennon was shot in like 1980? Yep, I think yeah. exactly. So so yeah. I mean, that was. You know, you know what the funny thing is though. I remember it was like a few years before George Harrison died. Someone did try to kill George Harrison. Huh. Just to just, you know, well, I obviously just to be crazy, but um. Huh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was some schizophrenic dude. He like broke into his home and like shot him, but like Jer- George Harrison lived. Hmm. Damn. Huh. But then, but then like a few years later. Years ago, did I think he died from cancer? I think. Yeah. 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 But. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish. I kind of paid attention to it more at the time. I honestly didn't get into the Beatles until I was older, because uh, the funny thing is, my my parents. I mean, they were teenagers in the eighties, and the funny thing is, neither one of my parents really listened to the Beatles. I mean, I'm sure they had, but like. I never heard my parents talk about it, so I didn't really grow up around it. I didn't. I yeah. wasn't like people where their their parents had like vinyl records and it's like, oh, listen to the Beatles and blah blah blah. They <laughs> they can't sell these anymore because Yoko Ono sold the rights to Michael Jackson and all, <laughs> yeah. all that shit. Yeah, but no, I yeah I didn't really get into that stuff until I was older. I mean, I like the Beatles now. I mean, I'm not their number one fan, but I I really like them now. But no, I mean. Yeah, I just, I feel like, I don't know. Which, to fast forward on that, and I guess this technically wouldn't be until 2009, but it's amazing how, like, quick, like, like when Michael Jackson died, like, literally, he died, like, what, June? And I think it was, like, yeah, he died, like, late June. Like, literally two months later, like, the, the, the entire discography of the Beatles was going to be on iTunes, and they were going to come out with the Rock Band game. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, was just... It, it was just amazing how like they they really fast track that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's because they're like they're like yeah, it's just like now we can make like millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, because which, people love the Beatles, and it was like this thing you couldn't get. Yeah, which that's that's really what John Lennon would have wanted all along. Like, yeah, now we can have like corporate marketing. <laughs> 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 it's what John would have wanted, <laughs> but. Hey, money's money, man. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the fun topics. Okay. (laughs) We're going to start with movies of the year 2001. We're going to start with a fun one that gave us all kinds of joy, Joe Dirt. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Probably the best bad movie ever. Like, it's just (laughs) such a fun fucking movie, just so quotable. What do you guys remember about Joe Dirt? Dev Leopard sucks. Dev Leopard sucks. (laughs) God. That's Dude, my dad named you Joe Dirtstead and Nana Maker. What's the speech he has on, like, fucking fireworks or whatever? Oh, like, fuck, man. He just, like, names off all these different kinds because the only thing that guy has is those little snakes that, like, snakes burn and sparklers. And <laughs> snakes and sparklers, yeah. You don't have and any wing splitters? <laughs> no. Yeah, he, and then he, he, Not even one wrestling bun hole? <laughs> He has a, he strapped that bomb to him, and the cops just like, "Don't worry, folks, it's just a septic tank." And he hits the top, and all that shit goes on. And he's like, "I got the poo on me." It puts the Joe dirt in the hole. I still have not seen that from like start to finish. Are you for real? 
Really? I I, I kid you not. Oh, I've seen I like oh I, I've seen God. like most of it. I I don't even I'm not even 100% sure what the actual if you can call it like what the plot is. Like he's trying to find <laughs> his sister or like what or no, he's, he's trying to find his he's trying to find his family. Oh, okay, that's fair. You know what's the funny thing is, I mean, spoilers for the movie, but, you know, it came out in 2001. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he, you know, like, he has a sister, and then there's that whole scene with uh, Jamie Presley where, yeah. like, he thinks she's his sister, but then he finds out she's not. Yeah. But then when he, but then when he finally finds his parents. No mention of a they sister. Never, they never mention his sister again. Yeah. Which, like, like his actual which, like, it is, it is like, oddly perfect if Jamie Presley was his sister. Because, <laughs> like, I don't know, like, when, I mean, and I mean, like, just actors. Like, Jamie Presley does kind of sort of look like she could be David Spade's sister in a weird way. Yeah. Well, that well that's the thing, too, because, like, then he, does, he loses his excitement. She's like, well, do you just want to call me your sister again? <laughs> like, I'm Ugh. some kind of white trash perv. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm your sister. I'm person. your sister. Oh, you're my sister. <laughs> just a fun, just a funny, stupid fucking movie. I love uh, I love Christopher Walken in it. He's just like you know, uh, back in my days in uh, Brooklyn. I mean, Kansas. Yeah, yeah. That was my uncles thought that scene was like the funniest shit ever. Hey, you're then he, coming at me all wrong. Yeah, talk to me like that again. I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. You got the wrong tone. <laughs> <laughs> God, I love that. And the, I love when I love when uh, those kids like there's like that chemical thing, and like he saves the kids in the room, and he doesn't want he doesn't want credit for it. He's like, no, it wasn't me. It was Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. He's just yelling. And then, of the course, history. the most iconic like. I guess back and forth is him and that like Louisiana guy that you can barely understand who is like the janitor <laughs> or whatever. And it was like you listen to that scene now, it's like, oh, well, there's, there's, there's the, that goes into the file of jokes you can't get away with in 2020. <laughs> oh, I made it. You like to look at homos naked. But, but he, but he was okay with it. He's like, that's cool, man. It's all right. Yeah, that's I mean, true. That's true. Joe, Joe Dirt was very progressive for 2001. <laughs> I mean, he likes to, look at, <laughs> likes to look at homos naked. Goddamn. <laughs> Everybody know that. Goddamn, boy. Goddamn, boy. And I just, I just remember, like, for, for, for Toy Story 3, since it came out after Ernest passed away, they announced that that dude was going to replace him as Slinky Dog. And I'm like, that's, that's, like, really perfect. That's, like, the only, like, that's, like, the only eligible candidate. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. next movie, Shrek. Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> dude, we got a great list for 2001 as far as movies go. Uh, Shrek was, like, I haven't seen the movie in a while, but I remember, like, pr- really enjoying Shrek, and I didn't realize it at the time uh, until, you know, much later, just how important Shrek was for <laughs> for DreamWorks. You didn't let me finish. Okay. Because uh, Shrek, I didn't, I didn't know this, Shrek won best animated picture of 2001 um it actually beat out monsters inc and i think like shrek was the movie that really put like that really made dreamworks studios a much bigger deal than it was well it sure as fuck wasn't ants no and i was getting to that so i was getting to that because before shrek 
DreamWorks only had what, like a couple movies out so far. They had the the first one was that you mentioned Ants, which was really just a plagiarism of Bugs Life. Um, yeah. And then no, it like legit was like the guy who started DreamWorks left Pixar no, and took, I, took the plot with them. <laughs> I understand, and it's like yeah. I'm sorry, I I don't want my child to hear Woody Allen's voice for multiple reasons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then after that, I think was the Prince of Egypt, which is kind of a kind of has a cult following now, but at the time wasn't like too terribly big. The Prince of yeah. Egypt was like that was decent though. That was a decent movie. Yeah, but like it wasn't. It didn't like explode, you know, in terms of popularity. Um, did did Dream did DreamWorks? Uh, did they make Road to El Dorado? They did. That was the next one. And which Road to yeah. El Dorado is okay, but it's basically like Ants is basically a plagiarism of Bugs Life. Road to El Dorado is basically a plagiarism of the Disney aesthetic altogether. Like to the point that people to this day still think it's a Disney film. I would say yeah. I would say Road to El Dorado has more so the cult following than Prince of Egypt right now. Oh, uh, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. I, I see a lot of people like post like the songs from Prince of Egypt all. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, both both were decent. Like yeah. I didn't, you know, I enjoyed them. But uh, but Shrek was the movie that really like made DreamWorks a power player, and then also like just because it was their first like. It was their first original property that got very, very great reviews and was also, like, I mean, it beat out a Disney movie at the at the Academy Awards, which, you know, was... Hey, can we just elaborate real quick? That's a really tough call because Monsters, Inc. is still really good. It, I, I was going to get to that when we get to Monsters, Inc., but, like, it beat Monsters, Inc. at the Academy Awards. Um, yeah. But, I mean, whether or not it deserves deserved to beat Monsters, Inc., I'll get to when we talk about Monsters, Inc., but... Sure. Sure. Um, I mean, I remember enjoying Shrek, and I remember liking it because, like, it was a movie that was made for kids, but also not made for kids at the same time, because that movie had a lot of dirty fucking jokes in it. Um, oh. Yeah. I mean, that was just the birth of, like, our age, like, that. so many smart-ass attitudes, like... Yeah, but Shrek was a lot more, yeah. like, blatant and transparent with it in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I mean, what, what, are you, what are your guys' thoughts on Shrek? Um, yeah, like, well, it's, I mean, it, 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 like I said, it was the birth of like, you know, so much alternative, um, humor. And, and let me just, it, it's funny because I actually brought up the music video tonight because I was trying to get Emma to calm down and I was just showing her random YouTube videos, but, mm -hmm. um, let me set the record straight. Um, All Star by Smash Mouth, like, Shrek wasn't the first movie to use that. That was actually Mystery Men, and that's why Mystery Men is in the music video for it. Yeah. Like, a lot of people just... Well, they're in the music video? In the very beginning, when, like, the Mystery Men are, like, uh, interviewing a new recruit or whatever, and, like, you see, like, the first appearance of Dane Cook ever in a movie, <laughs> and he's the waffler or whatever, and... and um, oh, I totally forgot that. And, it, wait, is that... Oh, what? Are we going to get to talk about that? Like, when did that come out? Mystery Men? Yeah, I think... Oh, shoot, did we miss it already? Let me t let me look it up. Oh, man. I mean, you, you want to talk about an underrated movie. That like, was 1999. It, oh, that sucks. But anyway, well, I, I won't, I won't like, derail the podcast too much, but Mystery Men's very underrated. And, and once again, like, that's the one that had All-Star by Smash Mouth. That's crazy. I didn't know it. Yeah, yeah. They're in the music video. But it, 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 that time period that Trevor romanticizes where 
you know, the hot new song had a music video that took place within the same universe of the hot new movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I miss that. I yeah. Really do. Me too. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Shrek, you know, I, I still, I still would like to see the, the Chris Farley cut as much as possible or hear it one day. Yeah. Um, but, that's, that's, um, that's a fun fact I forgot to mention. Uh, for those of you who don't know, like Shrek is the character is voiced by Mike Myers, but originally the movie was supposed to star Chris Farley, uh, but of course he unfortunately passed away, and uh, they replaced him with Mike Myers. Yeah, but Michael, what, what were your th- thoughts on Shrek? Um, well, I, I will say about the Chris Farley thing. There is like, there's a scene on you can watch it on YouTube where it just has like the storyboard, like. Yeah, the storyboard, and, like, you can hear, like, Crystal Farley, like, deliver some lines. They even kind of drew him different then. Yeah. Well, it was a completely different movie. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they pretty much redid the whole movie because Mike Myers, like, took one look at it and was just like, I can't play this character. Yeah. Which, I guess, was for the best, you know. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, I... I was one of those kids, I always really liked Shrek. I didn't love Shrek. I mean, I remember, I, I think Blake was there, too. They would have this thing in our elementary school where they would have, like, movies, like, after school at, like, I don't know, like, 7 o'clock. Yeah. And you could bring, like, you could bring, like, your sleeping bag, and we'd all sit. We, we didn't really have, like, an auditorium. They would just, like, clear out all the tables in the cafeteria. Yeah. There was, like, a, sta- there was, like, a stage behind the cafeteria, and, like, they put, like, a big screen up, and I remember, like, watching Shrek, like, after school. <laughs> Because I didn't see it in theaters, and um, I, yeah, I just remember everybody laughing, especially at the part with like the like little puppets that like do the sing and dance thing, like it's like that greeting thing, and then they mm-hmm. almost say like wipe your ass, but then they like turn back around and say face. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I remember when three kids thought that was like the funniest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, he almost said ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They thought they thought their IQ went up ten points for understanding it. Yeah, no, it's like, no. It's, like, was... it's like when you're at a at a friend's sleepover party in, in elementary school. And somebody says pee pee in the middle of the night. Yeah, yeah. No, it was like that. I was like that around that age when I remember watching that one MTV. To go off topic, but watching that MTV Spider Man cartoon. Yeah. And they and they were cussing that show, and I'm like, oh my god, like they cussed the <laughs> Spider Man cartoon. This is so edgy, but that, yeah. that that's kind of that's kind of how I felt with Shrek. Like it was just like, oh yeah, okay, this is like, this is like almost adult stuff. Yeah, it's like he's like he's like bathing <laughs> in mud and you know, this is your know grandfather's that... ogre. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite joke. My favorite joke. So I think I think they do it in the first one too. Is like. When he, when they go and like they think they found the princess, but then you see like the big bad wolf in the grandma outfit, oh. and he just goes, <laughs> he just goes, he just goes, what? Yeah, that's the best. He's like rushing He's through the house, like gasping and stuff, and yeah. My favorite. It, it, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Donnie. Go ahead. Go ahead, Donnie. Oh, well, then like once again, like j- jokes that they shouldn't do today is like in the next movie. When um, Prince Charming or whatever, like he, the same, the same situation happens where he thinks he's saving Fiona, and it's the big bad wolf, and he does the what line, and later in the movie he's like, I, I went through all that just to find a gender confused wolf, and it's like, <laughs> oh god. 
my um, my favorite joke that ever spawned from Shrek was the uh, YouTube cult classic video Shrek is love, Shrek is life. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I I was used with Gmod. I I have a, a coworker of mine loves that video, and his favorite his favorite moment out of all of it is just the random poster of Michael Jordan in the background. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's but. move on. To our next movie, since we brought it up, Monsters Inc. Uh, Monsters Inc. I actually rewatched this either last night or night before. Um, it, I watched it. It's on Disney Plus, and let me tell you, on 4K, that movie looks fucking fantastic. It's barely aged at all, and it's it's definitely my favorite Pixar movie of all time. Um, like even as a as a kid when that movie came out, I immediately fell in love with it. I love how it's a very uh, a very clever take on a classic childhood fear, you know, the monster in the closet or the monster under the bed or whatever. Um, yeah. It's just a fun, it's just a fun and well-written and clever movie. Um, and like I said, Shrek beat this movie for best animated feature. Uh, whether or not Shrek deserved to do that, I don't think so personally. Uh, what do you guys think? So uh, let me just say that like Shrek beating it for best picture, that has to be like, the animation equivalent of when Forrest Gump beat the Shawshank Redemption. Like that's just such a hard call yeah. for me, at least in my, in my opinion. Yeah. But um, no monsters Inc. like over time, it, it really became underrated, but um, I mean, yeah. it's still not as underrated as bugs life because at least monsters Inc. got a prequel, which the prequel, I really, in fact, I arguably like the prequel a little bit more. I think it's funnier. At least monsters Inc. probably has more heart, um, or is more emotional, but like the jokes and um, Monsters University, like that, it's very underrated. Like if you didn't even bother seeing it before, you should try to check it out because it, it actually is fun. But um, probably my favorite joke in Monsters Inc. is when they're having like you know the contest, you know, during the workday, and they're filling up all the canisters, and Sully just comes out and goes slumber party. Like it's so wholesome, <laughs> yeah. and funny, and. Um, so yeah, no, Monsters Inc. is great. <clears throat> I also want to point out how uh, Sully has the same face as my good friend Tate Griffin. Tate, if you're watching, I'm sorry, but man, <laughs> you, you need to you need to take a look at the mirror because you look like James P. Sullivan, my man. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Mike, Mike, I never knew your uh, opinions on Monsters Inc. Michael. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, now I can. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I was gonna say, is is that the monster's full name? James, James P. Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's actually, I, I I feel terrible saying this, but I've actually never watched that movie all the way through. Really? Huh. I know. I mean, it's Crazy. on it's on Disney Plus. I know. I I have Disney Plus. I need to sit down and watch it. And I I haven't seen the prequel either, but I have seen parts of it. And what what I saw, I really liked. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a really interesting concept, especially the whole thing where you know, kids actually like they're afraid like kids will actually like kill them or something like yeah, to touch yeah. them. From what I remember. Yeah. They like shave one monster down, like sanitize them <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. 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 And but um, I, I guess a question I'll ask you guys since you've actually, you guys have watched both movies, but but what do you what do you think has aged better, Monsters Inc. or Shrek? 
I haven't, I, see, I haven't, that's a that's a really good question. Yeah, I haven't watched Shrek in a while. Um, but based on what I, I I remember it pretty vividly. So based on that, I would say Monsters Inc. has aged better just because it's timeless in the sense that, like I said, it's a it's a creative, clever take on the classic childhood fear of the monster in the closet. So if you were to show that movie to a kid today, they would still like be able to relate to it on a very heavy level. Um, yes, yeah. I, I guess you could kind of argue the same about Shrek because Shrek is a weird take on the classic fairy tale type thing. But and don't judge a book by its cover, you know. Like beauty is on the inside, and yeah. Um, but I feel like Monsters Inc. has aged better because it's it's a childhood fear that almost every kid has. Um, so they would be able to relate to it on that level, and it's also it has a lot more heart in it than Shrek does. Yeah. I yeah. I think my best answer for you is I will show I'll probably show her both, but I will show my daughter Monsters Inc. before I show, show her Shrek. Yeah. So okay. that's my answer. But Alright, well let's move cool. on to the next movie. The movie that spawned a franchise that has been the butt of many of many a jokes from us. The Fast and the Furious. Oh fuck! Yeah. So far, you you've said that after almost every movie I've mentioned tonight. <laughs> Me? Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's it's a weird feeling. Yeah. Uh, the Fast and the Furious. I did not watch this movie for the first time until over a decade later, and watching it for the first time, I was just like, it's a cool popcorn flick, you know? It's all right. Um. But I don't understand how it spawned a franchise. And what's more, I don't know how it spawned a franchise that has gotten as over-the-top as it has. Um, I don't know at what point that franchise took the major fucking left turn it took. But goddamn. Yeah. Like, the only other movie in the franchise I've watched was, I think, the seventh one that we saw in theaters. The the, yeah. the last one with yeah. Paul Walker. Yeah. And yeah. that movie, like, killed my soul on multiple occasions. <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. Um, the peak was that fucking scene in the fucking Vin Diesel when you fight the street, the street always wins. And he fucking stomps down on the concrete and it starts crumbling the whole parking garage like he's fucking Goku. I wanted my fucking money back. <laughs> no, like, by, by, like, by like the fifth movie, like Vin Diesel and The Rock were basically the thing in the Hulk. Yeah. Um, like the like the fifth like the fifth movie they're literally like fist fighting and like knocking each other through walls like I, I... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, like I said going back to the original I thought it was a cool popcorn flick I think it's a cool you know like I guess action movie in a way um, what what do you guys think Mike you saw it first so you go first okay. Um... I did. I actually I didn't see the first one when it came out as well. I saw the first one. I actually saw was the second one, Too Fast, Too Furious. And uh, I just got to point out that the titles are amazing, absolutely amazing. And but the the second one's not a good one to start off with because like it's just kind of it's probably one of the worst ones I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the first. But the, the first one I saw a few years later, and the first one I thought was really good. A lot of people kind of disc- – I've seen a lot of people discredit it and say it's just kind of a point-break remake. And instead of 
surfing and robbing banks. It's street racing and stealing cars. But I think I think it's it's different enough where it's not a ripoff, especially because I mean if you would compare like Dominic Toretto to Bodie, like Patrick Swayze's character in Point Break, they're very different because Dominic Toretto is not a villain. Yeah. Yeah. And um. But yeah, no, I, I, I still rewatch the first one every now and then. I think it's a fun movie. It's one of those movies I feel like it really takes you back to that time period. Um, just like the look and the cars and the music. I mean, the cars with like underglow and the big goofy decal stickers and the, the early 2000s clothing and the music was like all like alternative rock like. I don't know, you like bands like Saliva and stuff like that. And then um, what was the one rapper that was in the movie? I think it was Joe Roll. <laughs> Monica! <laughs> yeah. No, Monica! <laughs> and, but, uh, yeah, like, the, the racing is, like, over the top and, like, early 2000s CGI. But I just love when you see them, like, use the NOS and, like, the camera's, like, going through the inside of the car and you see fire. But, like, no, I – and – I really like Paul Walker in these movies. I think I think he's like I don't know. I think I think I like Paul Walker like Brian O'Connor. I think I actually like him better than Vin Diesel's character. I like the whole like where he was secretly a cop and like that turmoil. I I don't know. I mean it's just it's just a dumb fun movie, but I thought I think the reason it lasts is cuz it had a little to it, a little more to it. And plus, mm-hmm. I think it also kind of filled the gap because, like, the people who loved, like, 80s and 90s, like, Macho Man action movies, like, those don't really exist anymore. And the only thing we have is, like, superhero movies. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think Fast and the Furious is kind of, it kind of fills that gap. And that's why it's kind of evolved from street racing movies to just full-blown action movies. That's, mm-hmm. that's definitely but, yeah. fair. That's definitely fair. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like because I feel like every time they try to like bring back that genre, it doesn't work. Yeah, like, yeah. like those like uh, uh, what was that Stallone movie? Uh, the Expendables. Well, not even. Well, I can't I can't say The Expendables because I've actually never watched any of them, um, which is crazy. Um, what was no Bullet to the Head? Oh yeah, God. Fuck like that, that movie, movie. was. Like, <laughs> I remember we saw that in theaters. That movie was awful. Yeah. That was the first time I saw I Jason Momoa in anything, and he just has the axe, and Stallone's like, yeah. what are we, fucking Vikings? Yeah. I left that movie hoping the, the fucking title was the reward for sitting through it. <laughs> yeah. And then there was, like, uh, like, like, people kept trying to come back, like Arnold Schwarzenegger did uh, The Last Stand, where it was like, him and Johnny Knoxville trying oh, what to a stop, like getting to the <laughs> yeah. When 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 the when the when the goofy weird kid class teams up with the jock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's just one of those things it's like these like eighties action stars were making they're trying to make their comeback and they're just like, No, go back to the eighties. It's like Yeah, it's like, yeah. You, it's like you mentioned the expendables. Like the first one was like, man, you get you, like what you see is what you get. The second one is actually pretty good. And then the yeah. thir- the third one, like the third one is just fucking painful to sit through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, I think I, I think you guys saw like every single one in theaters, but like I, it was always one of those things. I think I worked every single time, and I just I just haven't gotten around to seeing. Yeah. I, well, I think like the first two times you were working, and then by the third time you were like, "Well, I didn't see the first two. Yeah. Um, but but I mean like yeah, I would say Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious Five, Six, and Seven is one of my favorite action trilogies ever, and it's and it's exactly what you said, Mike. Where we don't have like just action movies anymore. Like there always has to be like superpowers or aliens and robots or something like that. And and like frankly, you know, Fast Five and Six and Furious Seven, like they are everything that the Expendables one, two, and three ultimately failed to be. Even if just because of the third movie, like Furious Seven yeah. is at least a better third movie than fucking Expendables three is. And um, but no, I mean, and I didn't even see the first Fast and Furious until after. I had already seen um, Fast and Furious 6 because I, I randomly saw Fast and Furious 6 in theaters because a bunch of people were going. And then, like, Mike was like, oh, well, let's just watch all of them now in preparation for the seventh one. So we watched all of them in a row. And I was like, okay. Yeah, we, I, I, I had all of them up until the, the seventh movie and, like, we watched them at your pop's house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, because, yeah, you were like... I mean, what do you, what do you what do you guys like specifically like your thoughts on the very first movie? Um, well, I can say like when people bring up the critique of how the first movie is just a remake of Point Break, that is exactly what some people are saying remakes should only be today. Is like if you're gonna try to remake the concept or the energy or the idea of a movie, just change it around a little bit and call it something else. Like don't slap a brand name on it like, for the sake of a soulless, like, uh, logo title, um, you know, like... Like, don't... like the actual Point Break remake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, well, yeah, like, I mean, even even just seeing the, the trailer for the Point Break remake is just like, like, why? But then, like, so yeah, like, don't, you know, just change it around a little bit, like, change the characters a little bit and just call it something else, even though, like, you're basically doing, like... Because ultimately, you just want to make a movie about a cop having to team up with the bad guy, and then they randomly kind of get complicated in a friendship. Like, that's all, all you want to do, so why do you have to just use the same, like, IP name? Um, so, so, yeah, I think, yeah, that's what I think is the Fast and Furious... One is probably a better Point Break remake than the actual Point Break remake. Uh, like I said, I think it's just it's a fun popcorn movie. It's a fun action movie, not quite like an action movie in the sense of like the '80s, like Macho Man movie, like you mentioned. But you know, it's it's just a fun, decent movie that you can watch for like an afternoon and be like, "Oh, that was neat," and then that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to our next movie. I know you're going to have a lot to say about this movie, Blake. AI, artificial intelligence. Oof. Uh, I'm not going to say the F word again. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this movie directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, great movie. Almost, almost almost, by Stanley Kubrick. Almost by Stanley Kubrick. Um, yeah. But yeah, great, great movie. And I think this was the... I, I saw this movie like right after it came out on, on home video. Um and, like, even at that age, I think this was the first movie that really made me 
think on a metaphysical and philosophical level it made me think you know what what is being human what does it mean to be alive what does it mean to be a person to be a being um you know even at the age i was at and i it's just a great movie it's it's a great uh food for thought movie it's a great think piece of a movie and it's just a well-made movie overall um what are your guys thoughts on ai starting with blake um it's one of the more underrated scores by John Williams, absolutely, especially like the the final the score to the final scene, um, which the final scene is probably just the saddest yeah. ending I've ever seen to a movie. Yeah, um, very bittersweet it, at least. It's bittersweet. It's bittersweet, but it's still depressing in a way. Like it's just, it's honestly just one of the saddest movies ever. Yeah, and. I actually saw it, um, and I, you know, I guess I don't want to name names, but I actually saw it because it was recommended to me by a buddy of ours who he his mom passed away while he was in middle school, mm-hmm. and I remember he had and he's like, oh, it's good, you should see it, and I remember watching it and thinking to myself, this is absolutely the last movie in the entire world that you should have seen, um, <laughs> and. And, you know, I'm not, not mocking his suggestion. It was a good suggestion, ultimately. But I was like, think, I couldn't help but think to myself, you should, probably should have spared yourself from this. But um, um, it's, yeah, it's just, I think it's one of the more underrated Steven Spielberg movies. Um, and it was just like, Haley Joe Osmond, like, was just so promising at that age. And it was just... It's it's really been one of the greater disappointments of any actor in the last twenty years to just see how he didn't really grow up to do. He didn't grow up to be another Leonardo DiCaprio, I guess. I don't know, but um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the the music is beautiful and it is yeah, it's just one of the saddest movies I've ever seen. So it's, it's in a nutshell for me, Mike. Um. <laughs> I feel like I'm the elephant in the room. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I I've only seen it once and it was it was a long ass time ago. I think I, I didn't see it when it came out. I actually think Blake had me borrow it. Yeah. I think I borrowed it from Blake and watched it. I remember liking it. I don't I don't remember loving it though. I remember liking it but not loving it. I really need to watch it again. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like my attention span wasn't there at the time. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like now that I'm older, I'd probably like it a lot more. Yeah. Um, and um, that was kind of, sorry, something keeps falling. But uh, that was kind of in that transitional period with Spielberg where I feel like his movies were starting – not not this movie, but like shortly after this, his movies were starting to go on the decline. Um, or he just stopped fun. being he stopped being as fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he kind of he kind of dropped the fun. Like, what did he do of, after this? Right uh, after this. Yeah. Right. Well, well was was it Minority Report? Yeah, which which Minority was Report it, is is pretty good. Yeah, that one's good. Um. I actually haven't seen all of that one, but from what I saw, it was good. Yeah. Uh, 
it's kind of more later, like more like the mid two thousands. Like um, he, and not saying that they were bad, but like he started, he started, um, he he made Munich, and then and then he he entered he entered the phase that like we kind of give Ridley Scott shit for, where he made like the historically accurate event movies. Yeah. Um, right. And but yeah, not to interrupt then, you, Mike. Go ahead. No, and then he made like War of the Worlds, which I I do not like that movie at all. Well, the um, biggest defender of it in our group was Trevor, and he rewatched it, and he was like, it's just fucking Tom Cruise running away the whole movie. And I'm like, yeah. Trevor, <laughs> I tried to tell you that for years, how, like, the director of of Indiana Jones and the star of Mission Impossible should have made a more fun War of the Worlds movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, going back to AI, I mean... Yeah, I remember Haley Osmond's performance. Yeah, he he was always great in what he was in. Um, I remember Jude Law. He was like a he was like a I think a sex robot in it. Gigolo Joe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gigolo. Yeah, that was his name. I remember he was really good in it. Um, I remember the. Did you guys ever watch uh, Lizzie McGuire? No. Parts. You never watched no. bits of it. The, Lizzie McGuire's like Hillary Duff, like her the kid who played her little brother. He was the kid like that was like the actual kid of the family. Oh, like I hated little, that kid. <laughs> yeah, he was like a little dickhead. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that always so, so did I'm the like, mom yeah. secretly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Oh, that's a little brother from Lizzie McGuire. Yeah. But, um, um yeah, no, I I it's one of those things that yeah, I really need to give it another watch. I feel like there's a bunch of movies in the early two thousands I've watched like once and I haven't Seen again. I need to just go through and watch them all. Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, and I, I agree with like I'm really disappointed that like Haley Joe Osment doesn't do more. Yeah. Like he, he he's one of those guys. He kind of pops up every now and then. Yeah. yeah. He pops up every time there's a new Kingdom Hearts game. <laughs> he's yeah. he's in he, I, he was in he's the in boys. Yeah. He's in the boys that that Amazon Prime show with um about the superheroes, like, and he played, he, he he just plays like a weasel dude. And, and it was just like, I'm watching his character and that. And I'm like, dude, you were supposed to, again, you're supposed to be like our other Leonardo DiCaprio. I don't know how else to say it, but he made that sweet, sweet kingdom hearts money and decided, Hey, you know what? I can eat cake now. (laughs) Moving on to our next movie. I mentioned last podcast hell, the year 2000 was like right before Potter, Potter Mania really fucking kicked off. And this was the movie that opened the floodgates, The Sorcerer's Stone. Um, I remember at this point, like I had just read all four books that came out that were out at the time because um, The Order of the Phoenix was still two years away. And I had been anticipating this movie. And when it finally came out, I was like parked right in front of the TV when it came out on VHS. And I... I loved it. Um, I think, despite all the despite the flaws of the Harry Potter film series as a whole, I would argue that there is no other film series that is more perfectly cast than the Harry Potter films. Um, and I think the Sorcerer's Stone, for the most part, like the Sorcerer's Stone is one of the best book to movie adaptations ever. It very it captures the spirit of the book very well, um, and I, I would I would definitely argue it's one of the better movies in the franchise. Uh, especially since as the franchise went on, especially after the fourth movie, they really became lazy and became made more for people who had already read the books. 
Um, so what are your guys' thoughts? Mike, you go ahead again. Um, did so you, you didn't see it in theaters, Donna? No. My parents uh, didn't love me enough to take me to the theaters. Fuck. No, I actually, um, I remember going to the theaters to see it. I, my neighbor, next door neighbor, Josh, he was a big Harry Potter fan. And I actually hadn't gotten to read the books because just because I didn't feel like reading at the time. <laughs> Unless I had to. Unless I had to. Um, but um, I remember uh, him and uh, uh, Bill, I won't say his last name on the podcast because I don't want to throw out people's names. But um, they actually, they were seeing a late showing, I guess at like, it was like 8 or 9 o'clock. I mean, that was like being a kid. And they like knocked on my door and they're like, oh, hey, you want to go see Harry Potter? I remember asking my mom, like, oh, is it okay? Is it okay? And they're like, because I just wanted to see a movie. And they're, they're like, yeah. she's like, yeah, that's fine. So I remember we had to, get, like, Josh's mom had to take us up to the Frostburg movie theater. And um, um, so I was going in fresh. I didn't know anything about the books. I just knew it was like it was Harry Potter and it was Wizards and that was it. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I I loved the first movie. I thought it was great. Like seeing it, I I I think a lot of the effects hold up, especially because there's a lot of practical effects in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the sets are built, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, and I I agree. Yeah, like I mean I read some of the books after I saw the movies, but yeah, no, the book is very or the movie's very faithful to the book. There's only like little tiny things that are missing but nothing too extravagant yeah um but yeah no everybody's really uh, yeah the cast is perfect um i don't i one of my favorite things of the first movie was actually actually like the quidditch scene i don't know why i just really love the quidditch scene and we didn't really, we did. I mean, we kind of did in the second movie. We didn't really get like a full Quidditch match like in any of the other movies. We got like little bits here and there. Yeah. And, and they I were really, shoot. They were totally shoehorned in when it did happen later on. Yeah. Yeah. And like the 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 first movie, like you really felt like even though it's just a Quidditch match, like it felt like a big deal, and you felt like the rivalry between like Gryffindor and Slytherin. And it was, I don't know, it was really cool. It was there was something really mystifying about that scene. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, and it it was cool because I mean like, later on in life in 2012 I, got to go to, um, Universal Islands of Adventure and I, I got to go when they had like literally just opened like the Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. They they've expanded on it, but like the stuff I got to go to like. It was really cool because it looked a lot like the stuff in the movie. Like they had like all of Vander's like wand shop and stuff like that. And it's, I don't know, like it's just it's become a cultural phenomenon and it's it's not going to go away. And I'm, right. I'm sure they're going to make more stuff eventually. But yeah, no, yeah. the first movie's. Uh, Blake, what are your thoughts? Well, like more so than anything that happens in the final act, like the. The Quidditch scene is arguably the big scene in the movie. Um, yeah. I mean, because because it doesn't really get to have like a final fight or battle because he's just he's still just a kid, so it, it's not like he has like a a duel. Yeah. Um, he's doing like the Ghostbuster, um, <laughs> cross the streams with Voldemort or whatever. But um, 
yeah so now the quidditch scene was like that that honestly that's probably the big scene in the movie um and then for like one of the very few times like i can actually say like the movie is probably as close to the book as it could have been for that time and that that length that runtime and whatever so because yeah. i actually did read the first book um which is impressive because i don't know how to read um <laughs> so but but no like um no like the first the first movie is like it it and then i watched it like maybe earlier this year because when the quarantine started like sci-fi and tnt because they're all owned by the same like parent company or whatever mm-hmm. they were like basically just marathoning harry potter all weekend like the first, the I, back in March, like the first real weekend that it was like, okay, everybody, there's like a virus, y'all need to stay the fuck home. Like, the, <laughs> like the first week, it really became real for everybody. Um, and uh, I rewatched it again, and like it's now it's still charming. And um, yeah, I mean, of course, like they got John Williams to do like a theme song for like you know, the, the new popular movie, and he nailed it again. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the score's great. Yeah. Um, and, then, but in, and I would say, like, part, probably, like, and you were saying how the later movies got lazy, Donnie, like, another big problem with the later movies, and, like, I, I know, I know they're, they're supposed to be more mature, and it's about growing up and stuff, but, like, the later movies, like, they have this thing against primary colors, like, <laughs> like everything's yeah. like gray and brown and like they become sad and yes like i know like they're 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 becoming young adults and the dark lord's back and all that shit but like they, they like lose their color and it just becomes annoying i think a lot of that comes from the fact that um between the the second movie and the fifth movie like there was not a consistent director for these movies i mean the, they had a new director for the third one and then a new director for the fourth one and then finally, like, they settled on their last director with the fifth movie. So I think just having a rotating door like that just didn't allow the franchise to settle on a aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, you can tell in the third one because, like, oh my God, a, lot yeah. of the, a lot of the visuals changed in the third one. Like, the school looked different. Yeah, did they, yeah, like, I remember watching The Prisoner of Azkaban for the first time as a kid and thinking, like, did they remodel the school or something this summer? What the fuck happened? Like... None of this was here last year. Of course, I would say, like, as far as, like, color palette and aesthetics, like, the the Prisoner of Azkaban truly is, like, the happy medium between the earlier, the two, the first two movies and then the later movies. Like, I, I, I felt it kind of had a balance for the most part. Maybe, maybe I'm just, like, completely by myself on that, but. No, that was always my, like, story-wise, that was one of my favorite. Yeah. No, that is my personal the favorite. Whole, the whole serious black thing. Yeah. Um, but, um, also, like, I wanted, I forgot to point out, I remember being really creeped out at, like, like, I mean, because we said, like, the Quidditch scene is kind of like the big epic scene, but the, the kind of con- semi-confrontation, like, at the end of the movie with, with, uh, Professor Quirrell and, like, Lord Voldemort's, like, on the back of his head. Because he's like sharing his body. I remember that really freaked me out, like watching that as a kid. Well, if that, yeah. freaked, and like, if that, if that it, freaked you out, you should see the concept art. He was going to look way more terrifying. Yeah, I saw it. was like it was going to be like a snake head more. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, like now that would have even been better because I'm I'm petrified of snakes. So. Uh, oh yeah, for it. sure. 
All right, moving on to our last movie for the year 2001, The Fellowship of the Ring, Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. I remember when the Lord of the Rings movies first came out, they were a big fucking deal because a movie, a, a movie like this had never come out before. And, I mean, at the time, it was considered probably the most ambitious film project ever. Um, I remember watching Fellowship of the Ring right after it came out on VHS and being literally bored to sleep. I fell asleep midway through the movie. I went back and watched it. I went back and watched it years later. I mean, I think it's all right. I'm just not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I think it's a good movie. Um, I think the Lord of the Rings trilogy overall is a rare example of the movies being better than the book. Um, reading the book is almost a chore for me. Um, but I mean, the Fellowship of the Ring movie, it's it's cool. It's fun. It's all right. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts on Fellowship of the Ring? Um. Well. At the well, at the time, I actually before the movies came out, I didn't even know what the Lord of the Rings was. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I always loved. I was always kind of like a sword and sorcery guy. I always loved like medieval stuff and magic and all that. Yeah, I was. I remember being little and I was always really big into like King Arthur and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing the commercials for the movie, which this movie was really heavily advertised. Right. I was I was pumped for it, and um, I even I remember I think it was either McDonald's or Burger King. I think it was Burger King. They had like those like those glass like goblets. yeah. I had yeah. I had Frodo one. It's probably still somewhere at my parents' house, and it, like they like lit up. Yeah, I had Frodo and uh, Aragorn. Aragorn. No, yeah, I, 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 had, like, Fro- I had Frodo and Arwen. Frodo and Arwen. Yeah, and. I, will, I, I do kind of agree. I've only read part of the books and the books. I, I do kind of think the movies are better. I know that's hard. I know that's terrible to say. Like a lot of Tolkien fans are like, <gasps> but like the, the books are a lot slower. Yeah. The movies like kind of amped up the action without making it dumb. Yeah. And it's like the, the problem with Tolkien's writing is he spent, at least in Lord of the Rings, he spends too much time on exposition. Um, and stuff that yeah. like, he spends too much time on peripheral stuff like in the Fellowship of the Ring the book there's an entire chapter where they run into this guy there's like a couple chapters where they run into this guy in the woods named Tom Bombadil mm-hmm. and like they end up yeah. at his he takes them to their house and they have like this merry old time and whatever before they get back on their quest all of that was cut from the movie for good reason because it literally does nothing to progress the plot at all like Reading the book, yeah. reading the book. When you get to that chapter, I'm just sitting there, like you know, like is this guy gonna do anything other than be cute and sing? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, and it's and Tom Bombadil, like he's this weird thing. Like some people said, like he may even be like a god-like being, and yeah, it's just it's a really weird thing from the book that like they completely took out of the movie. Yeah, but um, which doesn't hurt it. Um, but no, I remember I remember going to see it in theaters with my dad because my dad's like a big fantasy guy like he played Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that mm-hmm. and I remember my dad I always remember my dad saying this that like he thought Lord of the Rings was kind of like the first movie to really like bring that epic fantasy thing to life on the big screen like like the big battles and stuff mm-hmm. like, other movies had kind of like touched on it but like no one had really like you know seen like magic and swords on that scale like fighting right yeah and no, I, and I instantly loved that. I remember getting it on tape, and it, 
despite how long it was, I would watch it over and over again. Like I was, I was instantly hooked. And I was like, I remember like seeing things on the news and reading on magazines about it, like how all three of them were filmed at the same time, but they were only going to release once a year. And it, it just like annoyed the shit out of me as a kid. And I was just like, I mean, nowadays it wouldn't be a big deal, but like being a kid and like you have to go back to school and something's like, oh, I got to wait a whole year for the next movie. Fuck. And just like, but no, I, I love that movie. I think it's probably, it's, I don't know. I go back and forth with like, you know, with the Star Wars, the original trilogy, this trilogy and the Dark Knight trilogy. And I think, although I love the Dark Knight trilogy and the, the original Star Wars trilogy, I think this trilogy overall is the best just because every single movie is great mm-hmm. where there's at least like one movie in like the original star Wars trilogy and the dark Knight trilogy that isn't as good as the other two. Yeah. And I think, I think this one's the most solved probably because it was, it was all one movie technically. Yeah. Cause they, they like filmed it over the course of a couple of years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, no, I think the fellowship of the ring is amazing. The cool, I remember me and Blake would always talk about it. I, it kind of bothered me as a kid. It's like after this movie, like the fellowship is all broken up. It's like, oh, I want to see them all together. Yeah. And it was cool. It was cool, like when they're like in the mines of Moria and shit like that, and they're all fighting together. Yeah. Like I like the the fight with the orcs and the cave troll. Like the the fight scenes are just so intense. Yeah. And like in your face and like. Well, yeah, no, it was it was just it was, I felt like. It was just a spectacle. Like I felt like I wasn't just watching a movie, and it's always stuck with me. And I watched them from every now and then, and they they've aged really well. Like even with the early CGI and stuff like that, which they didn't go too overboard with. Yeah. Like this movie, this movie, I feel like will be timeless. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, no, I I love them. They're they're some of my favorite movies. Yeah. All right, Blake, what do you think? Well. I, they still look good, and The Hobbit already looks like dog shit. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so I didn't see this one in theaters. I had to watch this, like, months later on DVD in um, when I was visiting, you know, my sister and brother-in-law, and he had just gotten, like, the the two-disc special edition DVD, and, and we watched it in the rec room. And um, it, on one hand, I regret not seeing it in theaters just for the sake of me being able to say, hey, I saw them all in theaters. But then also it's like, there's no way my ass would have been patient enough to sit through all this like, yeah, yeah. Um, at that age. And, and, um, but, and also this movie is proof that like when I was younger, I just didn't know what I was talking about because I remember seeing the commercials for this being like, oh, it's a Harry Potter ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like it's just like Blake, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> but um, but uh, but no, like it's Return of the King is probably the best movie in the trilogy because it literally won Best Picture. But Fellowship of the Ring is probably my personal favorite because once again, like what Mike said, like they're all together and it's nice seeing them all together. Mm-hmm. And and I understand like the whole point of the story and plot later on is that they are separated and that's their struggle. That's their they're um they're suffering i guess is that they're separated but it, it was nice seeing them all together and um i mean yeah i mean there's not much for me to say about the film itself but also like it is such wonderful proof that sometimes 
it is worth the risk. And I love that. I mean, it was New Line Cinema, but still it's owned by Warner Brothers. Like, Warner Brothers took the chance to go ahead and film them all at once. And it's just yeah. like, what if, what if in, there's like an alternate timeline where Fellowship of the Ring just fucking bombed opening weekend. <laughs> and it's like, what do you do with those other two movies? But like, they went ahead and did it anyway. And that's awesome. And they never did it again, I feel like. The closest they went to doing that again was with The Matrix 2 and 3. And that's not even still the same thing. And, I mean, we'll get to that when it's 2003. Um, but Pirates of the Caribbean kind of did it, too. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, but that was also Disney. Like, it's weird that, like, it's weird that, like, Warner Brothers never again, like, really tried to do it other than with The Hobbit, I guess. Like, for example, like, they wanted to film the remake of Stephen King's It into two parts, and they did. And it was like, oh, well, we'll just make them one at a time, and if the first one does well enough, we'll go ahead and make another one. And it's like, it's Stephen King's It. If you, you know, the first one, you can't go by the first one because that never went to theaters. That was a TV movie. Mm-hmm. Like, if you make it look good enough, like, people will go to that. And then guess what? It was the biggest opening weekend for September ever. And then they finally made the second one. And then, like, they did it again now with Denise Villeneuve's remake of Dune, like it's going to be two parts, but they've only made the first part, and it was like, like why, why do you keep bitching out on something that you succeeded at before? Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I, I love how, you know, they, they didn't do that like beat around the bush, like afraid to put their feet in the water, like they just went ahead and made the trilogy. So I love that. All right. Um... We're going to go ahead and move into TV now for the year 2001. I'm going to run through some shows that started in the year 2001 that stood out to me, and then we'll go back and discuss them all and any shows that you guys remember from this time. Um, Shows that started in the year 2001, Scrubs. Um, I didn't watch Scrubs until a few years later, but I always thought it was a really funny, really clever show. I always enjoyed it. Uh, Samurai Jack, I fucking loved that show. I remember staying up late to catch Toonami as a kid so I could watch Samurai Jack. Um, Fairly Odd Parents was probably my favorite Nickelodeon show for a while, or at least one of my favorites. Uh, Fear Factor started in the year 2001, which, (laughs) speaking of Joe Rogan, um, (laughs) Fear Factor is interesting to me because it's kind of like what I mentioned last episode with uh, Survivor. This was like the beginning of reality TV and stuff like that. I don't know if you can count Fear Factor as reality TV. I guess it's kind of more of a game show. It's a weird blend of the two, but uh, at the very least, it gave us that wonderful Chappelle show skit. Yeah, (laughs) but I remember like Fear Factor inspiring a lot of like playground mishaps among kids at this at this time. Just. I bet you can't yeah. do this or this or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the Justice League animated series started in 2001, which I always liked a lot. Um, I'm not a huge DC fan, but I did enjoy the Justice League cartoon. And probably my one of my favorite cartoons of all time started in 2001, Invader Zim, which was just like a really surreal and demented show as far as Nickelodeon cartoons go. Um, what do you guys remember about any of these shows? Uh, Mike, you, you go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, shoot. Okay, all right, fine. Um, <laughs> he got well, you I, the first time. I, I, he beat me to it, so it's only fair. But um, <laughs> with Scrubs, like, I, I'll i maybe give it a chance one day. Um, I feel like I can't say much on it. I just know that, like, our friend Marissa loves Scrubs, and I think her favorite episode yeah. is the musical episode. And she's mm-hmm. like, she says it's one of the best episodes of any 
like comedic show ever. Um, and then with Invader Zim, I feel like Invader Zim definitely planted the seeds for a lot of millennial humor. Uh, <laughs> a lot of millennials to grow up and then love Rick and Morty. Like that kind of planted the seed um, for for that like interest, I guess. And then. Um, the Justice League cartoon was pretty good. I still think the roster was weird because even at the time, I'm like, "Hot girl," like <laughs> I don't <laughs> like, and that was just them like being like, "Oh, you know, like we don't we don't just have one girl on the team. We have two girls on the team." Yeah. But, which that's fine, that's cool. But it's like, I don't know. I felt like they could have maybe, I don't know. I I just maybe Batgirl or something. It was just weird that it was Hot Girl, but um. Um, and then Michael, I didn't even notice this until years later when Michael pointed out, like, isn't like every episode is a two-parter in the Justice League? Uh, it's been a long time since before I've seen I'm, it, but that's that sounds kind of before familiar. unlimited. Yeah, because I've rewatched it a few years ago. Yeah, but before they switched to Justice League Unlimited, every episode's a two-parter. Yeah, which that's cool, but then also it's like. Y'all really, like, just couldn't have just one episode at a time, but I don't know, I'm just bitching just a bitch. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, or just make the episodes an hour. Yeah, yeah, we can or handle like it. like 40 minutes with commercials. Mom will let me stay up. Just do it, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then Fairly Odd Parents, like, honestly, like, that, you know, I feel like as far as, like, Nickelodeon in that era, people just want to bring up SpongeBob, but... Fairly Odd Parents had a lot of great shows, a lot yeah. of great jokes. I mean, a lot of great jokes. Like, yeah. like it was. There was one joke specifically where it was doing like how Cosmo like was before he was married to Wander, like before he was he did what he was currently doing. He was terrible at every other job he had. Yeah, and he was like d- doing all. He was like granting all these wishes or doing all these magic tricks, and he was making all this like these mistakes appear like, you know, like it, it was just all this like mishap. And then he, he appears before the shining utopia. He waves his wand and it becomes this like big hot dump. And he goes, I call it Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, uh, forgive me for like terribly misquoting that whole joke, but like, I barely remember it, but I just remember the punchline of him ruining this like shining city. And it's just like I call it Pittsburgh. Yeah, like, like it was great. Early SpongeBob was definitely great. Um, I mean, so was the Fairly Odd Parents, but the Fairly Odd Parents definitely maintained quality much longer than SpongeBob did. Yeah, I mean, Chip Skylark, my shiny teeth in me, like what a bop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right, Mike. Um, I guess I'll go down the list here. Um. I guess I'll go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. <laughs> I can't I can't confirm. That is in fact what Pittsburgh is like. Yeah. <laughs> um Scrubs, I I never really watched Scrubs. I remember seeing like snippets here and there. I remember I don't know, I kinda I feel like at that point in my life I, I just wasn't really into those type of like it wasn't a sitcom but like those like comedies for like young adults. Yeah. I wasn't really, I wasn't really into that kind of TV at the time. Like I said, I didn't uh, discover it until college, so if right. that says anything. Um, Samurai Jack, yeah, I love Samurai Jack. Samurai Jack was amazing. Yeah, I love anything that uh, uh, I believe his name's Getty Tartakovsky. Yeah, anything he made, like he made like Dexter's Lab, which is 
arguably my favorite cartoon of all time. Um, and then like him and Craig McCracken, like Craig McCracken mainly did Powerpuff Girls, but right. Um, Samurai <laughs> Jack, you know, it was, it was also not only like a great show, it was also very um, kind of pioneering for animation because like it was one of the few cartoons. If you noticed, nobody had outlines. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that. Yeah. I was like, nobody, I mean, that might not sound like a big deal, but like an artistic standpoint, that's very hard to do, especially with animation. Yeah. And the voice acting was great. Like um, the late uh, Mako, mm-hmm. who was a coup, and Phil Lamar, who's also um, in Justice League. He was John Stewart, Green Lantern. He's awesome. Um, yeah, he's he's just a great character actor. Um, and I, I love the settings that, Jack would go into like even though like he's in the future it felt like there was like different time periods like in the future like yeah and weird and weird science fiction things like I remember in the first like story arc there was like there was like dogs and they they acted like British dudes and um there was like the Scottish guy it was like the Scottish Highlander mm-hmm. it's like peg leg was a gun I think and then there was a part where like even though it's in the future he runs into like Spartans and stuff like that, and he teams yeah. up with them. Well, but, it was uh, also I mean, like it would still have like fields and and forests and stuff. And like at the time, like every cartoon that age like assumed the future was just one giant city. Yeah, and then, and that's the thing they had that too because when Jack goes first into the future, there's this weird like industrial kind of Blade Runner city with there's hover cars everywhere. So it's like it was a weird mix of like everything like sci-fi and fantasy mm-hmm. and. Um, it was just a I remember, badass show all around. It was, and I'm my favorite episode. It was, it was really, it was an episode with barely, an, and that was the thing. There was a lot of episodes. There was barely any dialogue. Mm-hmm. I feel like this one, like there was no lines at all. It was this episode where Jack is like going through like a snowy forest. I remember. Yeah, episode. like, yeah, he has to get past like this like rook tower. Mm-hmm. And there's these three, there's these three archers that look like jackals, and like they they can't see, they're blind, but they have like perfect hearing and like slightest move, and they just like they light your ass up with like arrows, and like Jack, like as skilled as he is, he can't get past them, so he has to adapt to be like them. So he puts on a blindfold and relies on his hearing to get past them, and like it's such a simplistic episode, but it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, that episode's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, and I, I was always disappointed. I never, I never got to watch like the newer season that was released a few years ago. That kind of like wrapped it up since the show originally got canceled. I believe it's still on Hulu. Is it? I'm I gonna have to so. watch it. Cause I, and then the, I saw they have like a new game now that like takes place yeah. throughout the whole show. Yeah. I heard that was pretty cool, so I might have to check that out too. One but, thing uh, I heard about the revival is that it finally brings in the sight of blood, but it does a creative thing about it explains why blood never existed before in the show. Apparently. Oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So But um I get guess to get to the other shows. Um uh Fairly Odd Parents. Um yeah, I really like Fairly Odd Parents. Um for some reason I can't no, like, specific episodes really coming to my mind. But I always really enjoyed watching it. It was it was always funny, and I feel like it was one of those shows... I don't know if, like... I feel like the seasons were kind of... They would come out sporadically, like it would go on yeah. hiatus and then it would come back. Yeah, it, yeah. Had, it had a very weird production cycle. 
Yeah, and I'm trying to, I can't, I can't think of any episodes specifically, but I'm, I remember always really liking the characters. I love Cosmo and Wanda. Mm-hmm. It was always really funny. Um, I, I never got to see those. Did you ever see those movies they made where it was like with Timmy Bell. was older? Yeah, I didn't get to see that. Oh, I saw the first one. I mean, it was the first. I saw the first one. I never saw the other ones, but I mean, the first one at least is actually like really good. The recession hit us all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I mentioned earlier, how uh, like the Fairly Odd Parents maintained quality much longer than SpongeBob did. Like SpongeBob declined after that first movie, like hardcore and steadily as the show went on. The Fairly Odd Parents didn't decline until much later when they introduced that goddamn dog into the mix. What dog? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't they, even watching. But... Yeah, like they had a. They they at one point they introduced a fucking fairy dog who talks. Okay. Yeah, and it, it's just it was stupid, annoying, and it made no sense. And then after that, they took it a step further where, uh, the the final the final couple seasons where they made it so that. Timmy has to share Cosmo and Wanda with another kid. Um, and the reason being is that there are more sad children than there are fairy godparents. <laughs> so okay. Stuff. It just really, really jumped the shark at that point. Huh. But, um, what was, what was another show? Uh, uh, Just, Justice League, um, um, I am a huge fan of um, the Justice League cartoon. Really, the whole like '90s to early 2000s like DC animated universe. I mean, it, it started with Batman the animated series, and then went to Superman, and you know, Batman Beyond, and Static Shock, and then finally Justice League. And um, it was great. I loved that cartoon so much. I was so excited every time it aired. And I will, yeah, I agree. The whole like hawk girl thing like was kind of weird. Well, that cartoon, yeah. that cartoon was uh, what made me fall in love with the John Stewart Green Lantern so much. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, yeah. Pro- probably the best version of him because I feel like anytime I've seen him in anything else or like like read him in comics, he's not as cool as he is in the cartoon. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I do I do like the romance they do. With John Stewart and Hawk Girl, mm-hmm. yeah, they kind of touch. They touch on that more later, and then like you find out like, because um, like Bat, because the shows would kind of like air at different times. But like Batman Beyond had that episode with like the, the future Justice League, and there was like the future Hawkman. His name was Warhawk, and you actually find out that um, when they had like that one crossover episode that uh, John Stewart was his father. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think at the time in the show, like, John Stewart and Hawker were broken up, but, like, that was, like, his sign that, like, he's going to get back together, and, like, that's his son. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, I loved, I loved the Justice League cartoon. I'm trying to think of an episode that really stood out to me. Um, I, I really, I really liked the episode. Um, it was a two-parter. It was about, mainly about, like, Etrigan, because they would have, like, guest characters every night, and Etrigan the Demon was, like, the guest character. Dude, that's a name of a character that I haven't heard in a long time. Like, whatever happened to that character? Yeah, he he pops up every now and then in the comics. He even it got canceled, but like he had like a a comic when the New Fifty Two started, 
It was called like Demon Knights. Mm-hmm. But um, no, he's he's a really cool character, and like they, like I said earlier, I'm a big King Arthur fan, and like the villain in that episode was uh, Morgan Le Fay, like the witch from King Arthur, and like they, I feel like that show like touched more like. Um, it had more characterization than other, like, Cartoon Network shows. Like, she, like, played upon, like, the Martian Manhunter's weakness, like, how, like, his wife and his children were dead, and she'd, like, make visions of, like, she'd make herself look like his wife and, like, his children were back, and, like, yeah. it was really sad. But, like, uh, no, it's, it's great. And then, like, the, the opening of that episode is great. It's, like, the Siege of Camelot, and that was the whole thing with Etrigan. Like, he was a a knight named Jason Blood, and uh, he betrayed, like, King Arthur and, like, let Morgan Le Fay's army into Camelot. And because he did it, like, Merlin cursed him, and, like, Merlin is the one who, like, made him into the demon. And yeah. it was just awesome. It's, it's just an awesome episode from an awesome show. I actually, I think I I think I sent this to Blake. I'll have to show it to you, Donnie. But um, do you remember do you remember the episode with the Justice Lords? Yeah. Like, the, the, the evil versions of yeah, them. Yeah, the alternate universe, way. yeah. Which is basically just, like, Injustice now. Right. Like back, then it was, back then it was kind of different. But, um, yeah. Um, I actually, I went to uh, Second and Charles not too long ago, and they had, like, two, like, three packs of, like, the Justice Lord action figures. Oh, nice. And I, so yeah. I, I have... A, I have all the Justice Lords, but a hot girl. She wasn't in the one because one, the ones uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the other ones Green Lantern, Flash, and Martian Manhunter. And I always thought their costumes were really cool looking. Yeah, yeah, but that, but no, yeah, big fan of that show. I love Justice League. Um, what was the other? Uh, Fear Factor. Fear Factor. I never really watched. I remember just people would make jokes. I remember people would always bring up. The Christmas episode, how they ate yeah. uh, reindeer testicles. Yeah. Ew. I, I remember that I remember. one. So. Fear Factor was the, the gross-out show. Like, it was basically, they'd either just do crazy stunts or just eat gross shit. Like, I remember, like, I think they had yeah. to drink, like, a bunch of blood or something at one point. Yeah. It was weird. Um, and then Invader Zim. Invader Zim was one of the shows, yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it was really popular at the time, but it didn't last that long. I feel like it was only around for like two years. Yeah. Maybe three. Yeah, it was around for like two two or three years. And um, I, I, I really liked Invaders. It was a very dark, eerie show. Mm-hmm. Like what Blake said, he had probably inspired by future things like Rick and Morty's like fandom. Yeah. Um, which I've, I've actually never watched Rick and Morty. Yeah, you're not missing um, much. But yeah, no, I always liked Invader Zim. It kind of had that dark, kind of cynical humor mm-hmm. for a kid show. I'm surprised it didn't last longer. It, yeah, it um, probably didn't last very long because because really of funny. Nickelodeon. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was it. No, it was another show I really liked. I was I wasn't the hugest fan of it, but I always really liked it. Yeah, but yeah, no. That's pretty much all I gotta say about those. Um, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, continue on with. Shows that ended in 2001 pick up where we left off. Um, so, shows that ended in 2001. First one, Cousin Skeeter. Uh, <laughs> this was a, Cousin Skeeter was just like a weird, goofy show that I remember like watching all the time as a kid. Um, another one, Spider-Man Unlimited, which was a cartoon that I was always kind of upset didn't last longer than it did. 
Um, I thought it was a pretty worthy sequel of the Spider-Man uh, animated series from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Another show that ended in 2001, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, which I felt like was the end of an era for television as far as that goes. Um, like, I feel like that was a show that, like, kids and their parents both went, you know, like, were very surprised that was ending because that was just a show that had been on TV forever. Um, did he die, or when did he die? He died, like, two years after the show went off the air. <laughs> like, two or oh. three. He just retired, I guess? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Batman Beyond ended in 2001, which was a fucking badass cartoon. Oh, yeah. Um, Batman Beyond was yeah. just fucking awesome. It was basically like, in the 90s, Marvel tried to do like their Marvel 2099 thing, and it didn't do very well outside of like Spider-Man 2099. But Batman Beyond was like, huh, we see ya and we raise ya. Like, Batman Beyond was just fucking awesome. Yeah. And then another show that ended in 2001, Reboot, which was like... It was a show I remember finding on accident, just like stumbling across as a kid and kind of getting hooked on it. And it, it was just like, it's a very like cult classic show. Um, they brought it back like a year or two ago. And I use the term brought back very loosely because it doesn't even come close to fucking res- it, It's like not even close, close to the same show. Um, it's more like Power Rangers. Than yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what do you guys remember about these shows or any other shows that ended in 2001? Uh, Batman Beyond's awesome. Like that's, <laughs> um, I mean that's definitely. And then reboot. I don't even. Uh, I only watch like bits of reboot. I don't even know what that, what reboot's about really. If you had to like actually put it into words, like do like a paragraph summary of like what it's even about. But um, a, I just a day, know it's about a day, a day in the life inside of a computer. Yeah, so like they live in a computer or whatever. I just I have one I have one um, specific memory of the show reboot, and it was like, you know, they captured the villain or a villain, you know, one of the villains, and he was like, so, like, uh, are, you know, are you gonna are you gonna kill me? And he's like, or no, are you gonna delete me? And he goes, no, you'll be reprogrammed. I don't believe in deletion. And it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's Reboot tried to be political for you. <laughs> and, um, just the way you said it, too, like, I don't believe in deletion. It's just whatever. But Now that um, I think about it, Reboot was basically like Tron, like the Saturday morning version of Tron. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. It was It was like Tron mixed with, like, if someone watched the music video for Blue by Eiffel 65, <laughs> it was like, I want to make this into a show. Um, um, and then Cousin Skeeter, like Cousin Skeeter was funny, but um, yeah, I, and then I'm, I'm amazed Cousin Skeeter didn't last as long, or didn't last longer than it did. So Cousin um, Skeeter definitely had like a charm to it that, that was very unique. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and I mean like, I don't. It'd be interesting if they would try to bring him back, even though like, I feel like they, they just wouldn't bother or even try. But um. Yeah. Um. So yeah. What about you, Mike? Um. Sorry, I had skittles in my mouth. Um, Loser. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, I had skeeters in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I remember watching Cousin Skeeter. I remember really liking it. 
Um, I don't remember enough to like pick out like certain episodes in my head. Yeah, I remember um, something that sticks out to me. I remember Burger King had these toys for like the the kids meals, and they were like they weren't like they were like a, there was a different toy for a Nickelodeon show. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then one of them was like a cousin Skeeter like finger puppet or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like little cars and Skeeter finger puppet. Then they had an animorph. <laughs> and by finger puppet, it was literally like you put like your index and your middle finger in his butt pockets and you like move them around. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly. Yeah. But just the, that's just a great sentence. A little cousin of Skeeter finger puppet. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the only one I didn't have out of that group too. Oh, and I was so but upset. Go but go ahead, Mike. And they had like the Animorphs, like, watch. It was, like, the hand, like, grabbing the watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or then they had, the best one was that Action League Now. It came with, like, all four, like, little minifigures. Yeah. It was, like, instead of doing them all separately, like, it was just, like, okay, just put all four of them in the same bag, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that was great. And I had that. Like, that was, that was, they definitely didn't get stingy with that one. Like, honestly, like, Burger King putting all four Action League Now members in the same pouch is the closest we've ever gotten to Medicare for All. Um, <laughs> Universal Health. <laughs> Nickelodeon was almost there. Uh, yeah, totally off put the fucking attack that food did on your arteries, didn't it? <laughs> I, I hope I hope that allegory like hurt Donnie's soul as much as I wanted it to. <laughs> oh man, it, it it did. Okay. But um, <laughs> uh, that was in my extent because of Skeeter. Um, um, Spider-Man Unlimited. Yeah, Spider-Man Unlimited was really cool. I remember watching. Is I feel like. I couldn't tell. Is that supposed to be connected to the animated series? Uh, it's... I remember the first episode. It's, like, kind of hinted that it is, but, like, not, like, definitively. It's really weird. With what? The the, the 90s cartoon. Oh, Spider-Man. Oh, Unlimited. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of assumed it was just, like, a, a spiritual sequel to it, yeah. Yeah, like, the first episode kind of hints at it being, like, a direct sequel to the animated series, but, like there's also like a lot of like conflicting plot points with that um at the very least yeah. it, at the very least it is a spiritual successor yeah yeah and i the animation was really cool and i always liked spider-man's costume like how it had like a cape and yeah it kind of like it like was like i think it was like nanomites that came out of a, a watch and with yeah. his body and it could turn invisible and shit like that. It was, it was always cool. cool. You could also unlock that costume in the 2000, like, Spider-Man PS1 game. Yeah, yeah. and you could, you could actually turn invisible. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that was the cool thing. And, like, they, that, I love that they added that feature. Like, they actually had, like, the main thing with that suit. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it was kind of cool because you didn't really see that often. Like, Venom and Carnage were actually, like, buddies in that. Yeah, and they looked fucking weird. Yeah, like, Venom was, like, really big and, like, had spikes, and, like, Carnage was, like, literally a skeleton. Like, his arms literally looked like bones. Mm-hmm. Like, he had, like, a rib cage. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the, the, it, it had some cool ideas, and there was kind of, like, a good guy version of the Green Goblin. He had, like, kind of, like, pterodactyl wings. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, no, it was it was one of those shows. I think it only lasted like a season or two. It lasted I, I one it season. <laughs> one season, yeah. Yeah. I wish it would have lasted longer. Yeah. But um, uh, Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. It was one of those things. I actually didn't realize it lasted that long. That yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I remember Mister Rogers a lot when I was little. Um, one of my fondest memories as a kid was going to um, uh, Idlewild, uh, the little theme park. Have you guys ever been there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had, like, the Mr. Rogers, um, like, trolley ride. Mm-hmm. Go through the trolley and, like, go to the tunnel. And then they'd have, like, the puppet show with, like, King Friday and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I, had, that all I have a great story to tell about that when you're finished, Michael, but go <laughs> ahead. Oh, yeah, no, and... I don't have anything specific. I, me- I remember I'd always do that with my mom and my gammy, and that's one of my really fond memories of my gammy is just, like, being on the trolley with her and my mom. Um, but, yeah, no, I- other than that, I don't really remember, like, a whole lot from the Mr. Rogers. I mean, it didn't really have, like, standout episodes, but it was just, you know, it was just a fun kind of heartwarming show to watch. Um, and then uh, Batman Beyond, like, Batman Beyond, I feel like, defined my taste as a kid at the time. Like, I just, I loved Batman Beyond. I mean, I was, everybody who knows me, uh, I'm a huge Batman fan. But, like, I feel like Batman Beyond took yeah. it to the next level. Like, I'm one of those people who's, like, still, like, to this day, like, fingers crossed we get, like, a live-action Batman Beyond movie in some shape or form. Um I love uh, Terry McGinnis. Like the the character actually is Batman Beyond. I think he's one of the best like DC characters ever made. Mm-hmm. Like just because he's so he's so different from Bruce Wayne, but like just how he like he's just kind of this like smart aleck like kid who becomes the new Batman, and he actually fills the shoes very well. And it was one of those shows like since we're talking about how it how it ended yeah it only lasted i think three seasons but like it's had this such an impact it has this like dark cyberpunk uh look to it um have you read any of the batman beyond comics mike i haven't like physically read them but i've like you know looked stuff up about them and what i've read is really cool yeah the current the current batman beyond comic that they have ongoing is is pretty pretty dope i think is the current it's a it's a girl now isn't it um i haven't checked in in a while but i don't I, not that i know of i know i don't i don't have it still going there was a point where there was like because they did a couple of different things like they've done like alternate reality things where like damian wayne was like batman beyond and then they brought terry back and then they um uh, there was a girl character. I can't remember who the girl was that took over, but there was a girl Batman Beyond mm-hmm. um, recently. Um, but yeah, and like all the new villains were cool. Like Blight was really cool. Like the yeah. kind of radioactive, like uh, skeleton dude. He was kind of like the arch rival Terry because like he killed his uh, dad. Um, See, that was the thing I really yeah. liked about Batman Beyond was. They gave him his own set of villains that were unique to him. It wasn't just like, here's like an alternate right. version of like the Riddler or like an alternate futuristic version of Two-Face or the Joker or Penguin or anything like that. He had his own set of villains. Yeah, yeah. 
Right, and like they, they, I mean, they did every now and then, but not a lot. Like, yeah, like they like they like brought Mister Freeze back, which that was a really good episode. Like yeah. his head was like refrigerator, and like his body was like regenerated. Mm-hmm. And then there was there was like little homages, like there was like the Joker gang, like the Joker had been dead up until yeah. like the movie Return of the Joker. Yeah, I always thought the Joker gang was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And then the yeah they they had a, there was a bunch of cool villains like there was that there was do you remember Spellbinder he was like the guy like the spiral mm-hmm. costume and yeah the eyeball like there was a Shrike who was like the or Shriek I think or no I think it was Shrike it was the guy he wore the he wore like the suit that like it like shot out sound waves that would like screw with your head I feel like it would have been. Know. Hmm? I don't yeah. know. I'm not sure. I, I feel like it would have been Shriek, right? I think it was, but that, but there's a Marvel character named that. I'm, I feel like I'm mixing it up. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, there was, a, and then there was like I remember the Splicer episode was really cool. Where like it was that cool thing. It was like a fad kids were doing. Where they'd take this injection and like it made them into like half animals. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. And they were, and they were like a gang and like they infected Terry and of course it was kind of like a reference to Man Bat like he turned into a bat person like at, at one point, um, yeah no and I remember being so sad when it was canceled but the cool thing was is like if you watch Justice League Unlimited, they actually made a final episode for Batman Beyond like they went back to it like yeah there's a whole it's the episode's literally called Epilogue and it's a whole episode dedicated to finalizing the story where like Terry's older and he's talking to Amanda Waller and like the whole episode's about like how you find out that Bruce Wayne actually is Terry's dad. He's kind of like, kind of like a weird version of like a test tube baby. Yeah. Like they kind of, they put like Bruce Wayne's genes into like his Terry's like actual dad. And so like, it was kind of like he has like two fathers in a way Yeah, and a mother. And, like, it's just kind of like they, they tell him, like, how it wasn't coincidence and that he was meant to be Batman all along. It's just a, re- it's a really good, like, final episode, and it, it kind of gives him, like, closure with, like, his anger towards Bruce. But, yeah, no, I... And then that, that's why I was asking if there was a video. I actually... I took someone out. I actually have some um, Batman Beyond toys here. <laughs> <laughs> I have, like... Because, like, the toys were, like... They were, like, see-through plastic, and I have, like, the... The regular Batman Beyond, but like instead of being black, he's blue. I think I had that toy. And it like it like came with the wings, but I'm actually missing the wings. Yeah, I think I think I had that toy. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember seeing it all the time in stores. And then I had these ones. I read that they were gonna do a season on this, but it got canceled. It was called Batman. I don't know if you remember the commercials. It was like called Batman Beyond Batlink. No, I, was, I don't remember that. It, yeah, it was like it was like you can look it up on YouTube. It was like Batman Beyond, but um, he, it was like virtual reality. Like Terry got sucked inside a computer, and um, the Joker is like a virus. Like I actually have the Joker here. It's like Joker's like a giant head, and he has like two big like legs. I think it was supposed to kind of be a reference to like the Master Control program in Tron. Hmm. And like, yeah, I have I have the Batman from that, and like. He has like a CD on his belt, and he has like this like big bulky like black and yellow suit. But yeah, it was really cool. It was like that was during the whole cyberpunk virtual reality thing, and yeah. I always really liked those toys. But um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll let Blake talk. I've been droning on. <laughs> um, 
Well, I mean, I kind of already went, but like, yeah. um, but yeah, no, I mean, Batman Beyond was. Well, you said you you wanted. To, I remember you said you wanted to say something. Oh, about um, yeah. So Idlewild Park. Um, so I don't know if you guys kept up with this, but so basically, in a weird way, Mister Rogers was replaced by a cartoon character. So instead of Mister yeah, Rogers, it is now Daniel Tiger, and yeah. yeah. Which which is weird. Like you think that they would have tried to get like another like real person to do it, but instead they just I don't know. They just created a cartoon character for it, and um, and my sister like, and this was like 2015. We went back there, and um, my sister, my dad, and brother-in-law um took uh my nephew, you know, my sister's son, to Idlewild. And she was so excited to have him, like, experience it. And, you know, it was just, like, the parent, you know, witnessing the kid experience what they experienced. And, like, you know, living, reliving something again through them. And, which is fine, but, like, the great flaw in her, her logic, her plan, like, how she did it was she took her son to Idlewild like after years of him going to Disney World and it's just it's not the same yeah. thing. And and yeah. I'm not putting I'm not putting down Idle Wild at all. Like it's it's a it's a charming place, but like it's it's you go it's like, you go there before Disney World. Yeah, you go there before Disney World. And it's like it, it's honestly like if you spent, you know, your entire life going to you know, stand-up comedy shows on Radio City in New York, and then you just go to a random, like, open mic night at a bar and grill in a small town. Like, it's just, it's just not the same thing. <laughs> and and I remember, like, my nephew, like, roasted the place the entire time he was there. <laughs> and, like, like, I remember, like, we went to the outside theater. And, like, again, it's an outside theater. And he's looking around the place, and, like, we're, Again, I'm going to say it, like, we're outside, so obviously, like, there is no floor. It's called the ground when you're outside, as Ron Swanson and Parks and Rec would say it. And he's like, there's dirt everywhere. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, we're, we're outside, buddy. And and finally, my sister goes, okay, hold on, honey. Like, they're going to start the show soon. They're going to they're gonna do a story. And he just goes, hopefully the story's about them cleaning up. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just yeah. being such an asshole. <laughs> um. So yeah, but I mean, like again, like with all due respect and appreciation to Idlewild, like my my sister kind of she she got she she, <laughs> she got the she got the order wrong on that one. She she got the instructions wrong there. But but yeah. So all right. Well, let's move on to music of the year two thousand one. So. I mentioned in the last podcast, the music of the year 2000 was pretty diverse. Like you had a little bit of everything, but there was still like a lot of like, like boy bands and music like that still had a huge presence in the year 2000. Not so much in 2001, yeah. 2001 um, was when that like scene started to finally die. And then you start to see a lot more of a, like kind of alternative rock. You start to see the rise of like new metal and new grunge. And then you also, uh, you, you, there was also like a lot of like I noticed in the two thousand in two thousand one there was a lot of like 
older rock bands from like the 80s and even the 70s that were like starting to like come back with a stronger presence like Aerosmith and Journey both had like really popular albums come out this year um, like Aerosmith had uh, Just Push Play come come out this year um, but there was a lot of, there was a few things that happened in the year 2001 a big one was the launch of iTunes and the release of the first iPod which completely changed like the music scene forever um, mm-hmm. Gorillaz came out with their first album this year um, Gorillaz was kind of one of those bands that like kind of the alternative scene that started to emerge this year along with daft punk they had an album Digi- uh discovery come out this year and i remember hearing songs off this album all the time like digital love and uh one more time. one more time one more time yeah um i mentioned in the last podcast oops i did it again by britney spears was the theme song of girls who went to school <laughs> to start fights well bodies by drowning pool that came out this year was the theme song for boys who went to school to start fights uh-huh. um Fucking, much. fucking most try-hard song ever. Yeah. Another song that came out this year that like until just, headstrong. Yeah. Another yeah. another song that came out this year that I heard to the point that it annoyed the fuck out of me every time I heard it was "Chop Suey" by System of a Down. Yeah. Um. That that was another one of those like new metal bands that started to like emerge during this time, and like I couldn't really stand remember, any of them. I remember Trevor like I remember Trevor loved System of a Down. <laughs> And Trevor loves gorillas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also, 2001 was uh, when Michael Jackson had his 30th anniversary. He celebrated his 30th anniversary as a solo artist, releasing what would be his final album, Invincible, which was kind of lackluster. Um, and then also having a 30th anniversary celebration in New York City in September of that year. Um which it was weird because it's like, I remember it kind of being a big deal that Michael Jackson was celebrating his 30th anniversary, but... It was also like not as many people cared as you would think at this point for multiple reasons. Wait, um, did he did he plan yeah. on that being his last album? No, I don't think so. No. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, we're we'll we'll get more in depth about the stigma around Michael Jackson when we get to that year. But um, yeah, for now we're just going to focus on him as an artist. Um, that's fair. But you know, like that's that's a lot of the stuff that the big stuff that happened in the year 2001 music wise, what do you guys think and remember? Um, which I side note, I will say I did not know iTunes and iPod launched all the way back in 2001. I thought that shit was like way later than what it was. No, that sounds about right to me at least personally, personally. I mean, iTunes maybe, but I did not expect the iPod to like have released that year. I think, I think it's funny now though. Like, recently itunes isn't really a thing now now it's just like i don't even think you can buy itunes anymore it's now just like you get a subscription to apple music uh itunes still exists but they are slowly facing it out yeah they're trying to um well um i mean discovery by daft punk is uh, i think it's a pretty good album especially for its time yeah um i mean it was like i mean it was it true it was basically the soundtrack to you know coming home after school and wanting to watch Toonami for the rest of the night <laughs> yeah and um and uh yeah. yeah i mean like the song one more time like i mean it, it, it's i mean there's almost no lyrics in that song other than one more time but i mean like it's still it's still it's still just a fun song and yeah. i 
and I think like keeping that in mind, like for his time and like that mood, that emotion, um, that nostalgia, it holds up. I would say the opposite about the Gorillas album because, like, at the time, I thought in the song Clint Eastwood, like, yeah. I thought it was cool at the time, but then hearing it now, I'm like, yo, this shit's corny. <laughs> and I mean, also, the Gorillas was very much built on a gimmick, and I think the novelty is worn off at that point. At this point, well, the magic of them, like, it for me personally, and this may sound very superficial and really like um, irrelevant, but. The, their charm was ruined when I when I found out that they they're literally just one guy. Yeah. Like it's not even it's not even a group. It's not even a band. Yeah. Like I thought I thought like I thought like those cartoon characters were a caricature of everyone in the band. Yeah. And then when I found out that was not the case, it was just kind of ruined for me. Right. But I thought it was an actual band. Yeah. Nope. No, it's, it's just, just one dude. Just one guy playing with himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that should be their next album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, what was oh, oh boys who went to school just to start fights bodies hit the floor um yeah i mean to every to every boy that was bumping that um you know what's it like being addicted to coke right now um, <laughs> <laughs> um and well, what was another what was another oh um the that michael jackson album you mentioned on it that actually has my personal favorite michael jackson song on it because um, Thriller is just like, and the way you make me feel, those are two obvious answers. Um, you Rock My World, and that's the music video that had um, Marlon Brando in it. <laughs> and for like 10 seconds. For 10 seconds. Well, he was smooth criminal, wasn't he? No. no, I don't think, I don't so, think so, no. No, he was in no, You was, Rock My was, World. That was Joe Pesci. I remember, Joe. I remember like it was Chris Tucker and Michael Jackson, and they were trying to save a girl from like, a gangster-owned bar, um, and like, and Michael Madsen was in it, and um, it was Michael Madsen, and it was the the main henchman from The Untouchables that Kevin Costner throws off the fucking roof, <laughs> and um, yeah, and, the and yeah, scene. I mean that's that's an awesome music video, and once again, like, you know just talking about Michael Jackson as an artist, just as an artist at the time, like that's an all, that's a good song and that's a good music video. Um, so yeah, Michael, you go ahead. Um, yeah, I guess to start off with Daft Punk, yeah, like Daft Punk was huge back then. I, I remember most of my memories of Daft Punk actually from, uh, Blake. I remember him always talking about him in middle school and the beginning of high school. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like you said that they were your favorite band at the time. Um, they were, yeah, yeah, and yeah. One more time's great. I I remember like I I guess all the music videos at the time they were all connected and like you could watch them as like a whole movie. I had that movie, yeah. Like all the music videos are basically like a very like, um, yeah, just like a movie, really. All the music videos. Yeah, they were like they were like an alien rock band, and like they get like turned and they, or they make the machine like makes them look like humans and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, and I remember I remember my favorite song on that album was "Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger," and I still yeah. stand by this day. The original version is better than the Kanye West version. <laughs> well, that's not even in and speaking of like my favorite albums, like "Graduation" by Kanye West is one of my favorite albums, and that's not even the best song on that album. That's actually like the the 
the whatever song, but it just became the most popular one for some reason. Yeah, and um, but yeah, no, I, I've always liked Daft Punk. I think Daft Punk has been fortunate enough to age well with the times. You know, they come out every now and then and do well. Um, I was always cool. I mean, going off topic, I was always cool that they they did the soundtrack of Tron Legacy. Yeah, that was always pretty. That was kind of like a match made in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, um. I'm trying to think of the songs that are on the Michael Jackson 30th anniversary. Was was Black or White on that, or was that before? Black or White was uh, before. Before, okay. Yeah, because Black Black and White was on um, History, I think. Was it, okay. Yeah, it was either on History good. or on Dangerous. Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm trying to. It's one of those things. It's like. It was. It just depended on the music. I I didn't really like pay attention to a lot to like albums when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, mainly like popular artists. I would pick out like their old songs on like the radio or whatever. But like, yeah, I I was only just kind of getting into albums then. Um, uh, yeah, bodies, drowning pool. That's like the big metal one hit wonder. Yeah, in the early two thousand. I remember. You would just you would just hear it everywhere, and I don't get me wrong, I'm guilty of liking it, but um, but you didn't you didn't bump it like you didn't overly bump it though. Oh no 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 no, no it was it was like you're yeah, not like, addicted to coke. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. But, uh, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but uh, um. No, I mean in hindsight, like if I, if I hear the song, I think it's funny. But um, it was speaking speaking of the the new metal scene, I mean it's not really on the list, but you guys mentioned it. It's kind of funny. My my favorite band, they're they're not really new metal anymore, but like they were considered at the time. Then like my favorite metal or my favorite band is Slipknot, and that's how mm-hmm. they started off. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I was always I was always a sucker for like new metal. Uh, bands. I actually didn't really listen to them at the time, but I kind of listened to them more in high school. Yeah, I have yeah. to credit I have to credit uh, Moon and Trainer for that. They kind of got me into that. Yeah, and Kogel and Kogel. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I liked all those bands. Like, I mean, Limp Bizkit not as much. They're more like you listen to them because you think <laughs> yeah. it's funny. Um, <laughs> Fred, Fred Durst is a tool. Which is funny because there's another band like that called Tool and they're really good. Um, but yeah, like Mudvayne and Mushroom Head and Slipknot, like the bands that like more, they're like the theatrical bands like that wore makeup or masks. Like I always was a sucker for that. I always thought that stuff was cool, especially when I was younger. Um, but uh, going down the list, uh, yeah. Yeah, Chop Suey. Uh, yeah, Chop Suey. I, I distinctly remember, um, and Blake would know, you remember going to George's, um, like, 7th and 8th grade, like, uh, sleepovers, sleepovers for his birthday party? Yeah. I remember, like, I don't know who it was, but, like, someone had, like, put on, like, uh, I don't know if, I don't think YouTube was around then. No, YouTube, who? YouTube was... 
No, it would have been on like new grounds or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it was something like that. It was like new grounds or something, and the, like people had like made like fan music videos to like chop suey, and they were like playing at his house and all that. Yeah, and he was doing harder, better, faster, stronger, and um, and then, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that was like, that was like the. You were like the the underground cool kid if you liked System of a Down. Yeah. You weren't like the yeah. pop, you weren't popular kid, but you were the cool kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um I just um, my favorite I, my favorite memory of those like sleepovers was like Brad <laughs> Brad would be going around being like, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be the last one to fall asleep. I'm staying up all night. Hey, raise your hand if you're gonna be up all night. <laughs> and then he was the first one to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was he was actually like the second. It was always Andrew. Oh yeah, that was true. Well, I remember Brad got so tired, like I put like a fake foot sticking out of his sleeping bag, and then I ripped it off, and he screamed <laughs> at the top of his lungs. Like yeah, he yeah, was he so tired, I tricked him into believing I ripped off his own foot. <laughs> yeah. You guys are monsters. <laughs> yeah, poor uh, Brad. <laughs> moving on to our last topic for this evening. Video games of the year 2001. So, last podcast I mentioned that the X, the original Xbox came out in 2000. I was actually incorrect. The original Xbox came out in 2001. And uh, along with the GameCube, they both released in 2001. Uh, the Xbox, so. the, the Xbox, I've never owned an Xbox system in my life. I've just never been a fan oh, of them. Um, the original game, the, the GameCube, I, I didn't own a GameCube at first either. I just was not a fan of Nintendo very much at that time. Uh, so, And then also, it was interesting, the rise of Xbox started this year at the same time as the fall of Sega. Uh, in 2001, Sega decided to discontinue the Dreamcast, which had just come out maybe a year or two prior. And yeah. they decided to not make consoles anymore. Um, the Dreamcast was a very interesting system, in some ways ahead of its time. Um, but it just, yeah. it, it just didn't have the games to carry it and it just paled so much in comparison to everything else that was out at the time but this is like interesting to give you an idea of like how tumultuous how tumultuous the xbox the dreamcast excuse me was the best-selling game for the dreamcast which was sonic adventure 2 came out three months after sega announced that they were discontinuing the console yeah say that say that again i'm sorry the best-selling game on the Dreamcast, which is Sonic Adventure 2, released yeah. three whole months after Sega announced that they were discontinuing the console. Yeah, that's funny. That was their last hurrah. <laughs> yeah. Um, some other games that came out in 2001. Halo, which kicked off a whole cult. Um, Halo was just a series I was never Brother, a fan well, of. Um, go ahead, Mike. I, I was going to say, more than a cult, it's like... I would say it's a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, like it's, at least as far as the first three games go. Um, Halo is just a series yeah. I, I just never got into, you know, partially because I'd never owned an Xbox. But, I mean, it's just first-person shooters in general are very, very, very hit and miss for me. Um, and then also Master Chief just isn't an interesting character to me. I don't even really consider him a character, really, because there's nothing to him. Um, yeah, but, I, but I mean, Donnie, every, he's he's like the one hero who's, whose first name is John. Right. <laughs> yeah. Excuse it, the hell out is. of me. 
Um, but I mean, of course, every time I would go to a friend's house, somebody other than me had an Xbox, and Halo was like the go-to party game if 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 an Xbox yeah. was around. Yeah. Another game that came out in 2001, which was the go-to party game if somebody had a GameCube, was Super Smash Brothers Melee. Um, oh yeah. Again, not a huge fan of Smash Brothers, but you know, I, even back then, everybody was like, "Hey, we got Smash Brothers. We're gonna play some fucking Smash Brothers." All right, gear up, dude. We're going. Um, my favorite game of all time came out in 2001, Final Fantasy X on the PS2. Um, still to this day, almost 20 years later, I still like once a year play through that game from beginning to end. I fucking love that game. Um, it also holds a special place for me because it was the first Final Fantasy game I ever played. Just a fantastic game from beginning to end. It, it was also like the first project in a long time that Meg Ryan was in. Eat my butt. <laughs> but Final Fantasy X is just a great game beginning to end. Great cast of characters. Um... Like, I highly recommend playing it to anybody because it, it was recently, a couple years ago, remastered for the PS4. So if you haven't played it, I definitely recommend picking it up. Yeah. Um, another game that came out in 2001 was Crash Bandicoot The Wrath of Cortex. I bring this game up because it was one of the first games I got on PS2. And P, during the PS1, I was a huge fucking fan of Crash Bandicoot. So when this game came out on PS2, of course, it was like one of the first games I picked up for the PS2. And by God, what a disappointment it was. <laughs> um, that was wow. that was like my first example as a kid of like being like just supremely let down. Um, and then a big game that like still endears people to this day that came out in 2001 was Luigi's Mansion. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Which was like the first time that Player 2 finally got his, his own uh, moment in the spotlight. So... That being said, what do you guys remember about any of these? What are your thoughts on these? Uh, you go first, Blake. Um, Luigi's Mansion is awesome. Um, and it's like, it's one of the few, and obviously it's Luigi, not Mario, whatever, but like, it's one of the few Mario games that doesn't feel like a rerun. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like, it was cool. Like, that was cool. Like, there was like, oh, okay, like, Nintendo's actually going to try to be different. And um, I remember, like, it was like Ghostbusters, if done by Nintendo. And there was one thought that always, or one thing that always irked me, which was, like, very recently, the third one finally came out on the Switch. And Luigi's Mansion 2 was like, instead of being on GameCube or Wii or whatever, it was a DS game. Yeah. Um, and, like, I could be completely out of line or in the wrong when I say this, but for me at the time, I just kind of had this, like, attitude where, uh, like, a big console getting a sequel on a handheld is, like, the equivalent of a straight-to-DVD sequel. Like, that was just kind of <laughs> weird for me. Um, but no, Luigi's Mansion is super fun. Um, I, a game I don't, uh, unless you sped through it real quick, a game that was like really underrated, even though it had like two more sequels or whatever, was Pikmin. Like that's a very underrated game. Um, really fun. Um, and then Sonic Adventure Two Battle was 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 really fun on the GameCube. Super Smash Brothers Melee. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the cliche like hack answer, but. 
I mean, it, it kind of earned it. Um, Animal Crossing was introduced that year as well. Um, Talk about a tedious fucking game. And that what? Comes, Animal Crossing, and that comes. Yeah, from, yeah, yeah. And that comes from. That's coming from somebody who plays Civilization. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah. So, and then Halo, like, respect for like the pop cultural phenomenon, but um. I mean, yeah, I mean, looking back, like, Halo 1 is just so bland. And, it's a, it's a um, very rough game. I mean, it, it, it's the basic bitch game. Um, well, I think Halo 1 was probably, like, a beta test for Halo 2. And I say that because the original Xbox was literally a beta version of the 360. Like, the 360 was supposed to be the first Xbox. And like, but Halo Two was on Xbox One also, or the first Xbox. We have to call it now. Like now, it yeah. gets confusing. But anyway, um, uh, but Halo Two is like way better. Like that is that is a legit superior sequel. Um, and what were um, what were some popular um, PS Two titles that year? Uh, like I said, Final Fantasy Ten, Crash Bandicoot, yeah. Wrath of Cortex. Um, yeah, one day I'll, I'll I'll actually play Final Fantasy X. Yeah, I loaned and, it to um, you a couple years ago, and you made it like maybe midway through the game. And... Yeah, I didn't get to see I didn't get to see the main character reunited with Tom Hanks. So um... go, to, go to hell. Okay, Michael, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I'll uh, I guess I'll start off with the. Sega. I never owned a Dreamcast. In hindsight, I wish I did. I kind I kind of want to one day like buy one. Mm-hmm. I've actually, I, I don't know. I've kind of gotten bigger into like retro gaming. Yeah. I guess it's just mainly because I'm I feel old and I, I want to play <laughs> stuff that reminds me of being a kid. Yeah, that's fair. Because I, I actually I I was uh been playing my N64 a lot recently. Um. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, the the Dreamcast. I actually that's the funny thing. You know, I actually I didn't know a lot of people that had a Dreamcast when I was a kid. Yeah, me either. I mean, did, I knew like maybe did, did, one person. Did Did you have one, Donnie? I did not have one. Okay. The I, but yeah, the only no, Sega system, the only Sega system I've ever owned, and I didn't own it until much later, like I was in college, was uh the Genesis. Yeah, yeah, I had a. That's the only one I had. I had and I, I knew like one person in school who had a Dreamcast when they first came out. And I've never seen a Sega Saturn in in person. Yeah, no, and like, it was strange because like, I've mainly just from watching videos on YouTube, like Sega. Sega had like, they kind of called it like new consoles, but they had like two. I don't know if you remember, they had two expansions for the Genesis. Yeah. The... They had they had the thirty two X, yeah they they had thirty two X which was like an attachment on the side which mm-hmm. it was still cartridges but it had like better graphics yeah and then they had the Sega CD which like went on top mm-hmm. and like it allowed it to play like disc drive games yeah. or it might have been vice versa CD I think went on the side so and you had to pay all this money just to like plug in these like attachments to play like different kinds of games so you had to buy like three different types of games for one console yeah and then they yeah and then they did the sega saturn which i yeah that was 
I heard more about the Dreamcast than I did the Saturn, and I didn't even yeah. know anybody that had Dreamcast. I feel like I didn't even know about the Saturn until, like, afterwards. Right. Right. But, um, yeah, and, but yeah, I knew the Dreamcast, like, looking back, the, yeah, the Dreamcast was kind of ahead of its time. Like, it had that, it had that memory card that was kind of like a, kind of like a little mini Game Boy. Mm-hmm. And, like, you could, you could play, like, almost like Tamagotchi games, like, while you weren't, like, playing your console and you could hook it back up and unlock stuff. And then, yeah, like, Sonic Adventure 2 was a great game, and Sonic Adventure 1 was great, too. Those were probably, to me, those are probably the best, like, 3D Sonic games still to this day. Yeah, a lot of people agree that Sonic Adventure 2 is, like, the peak of 3D Sonic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there were... There were there were sure. some that were decent, like uh, Sonic Colors wasn't bad, and yeah. um, Sonic Heroes was okay. And then like I like the concept of the ones like they did like two Sonic games that are kind of like fairy tale things. Like they had like Sonic and the the Black Knight, it was Sonic and the Black Knight, and then the one was like it was like Arabian Nights. I forget what it was called. Yeah, it was yeah it was like in like Arabia. Yeah, but um. But th- those were all right. But yeah, like other than that, not really. But um, there was this one game, and not a lot of people talk about it. I don't know if you guys have ever heard about it. There's this game on Dreamcast called Power Stone. I remember that. Yeah, it was a fighting game, wasn't it? Yeah, it, they yeah. actually made two of them. I, I like, remember. I remember the first one. Yeah. Yeah, and like it was really cool. It was like a fighting game, but it was 3D, and it was an arena fighter. Where it was Power Stone. Like a, yeah. Yeah, it was called. It was called Power Stone, and it, it had this really cool, like, perspective of, like, kind of, like, not a bird's eye view, but kind of, like, like top ankle, and yeah. it was an arena fight. Like, you would, it would be, like, a one-on-one fight, like a fighting game, but you could run around in that stage and go wherever you went and, like, jump up on things, and the whole point was you played as, like, different characters, and, like, there would be, like, these Power Stones that you had to collect while you were fighting the other dude, and they like, pop up, like, items, and you'd break, like, boxes and stuff as you're fighting. And if you collected enough power stones, like, your guy would, like, transform into a more powerful dude, and, like, it gave you a better advantage, because while you were, like, fighting, you also had to pay attention to when the power stones, like, popped up, because whoever got those, like, had more of an advantage to win. It was it was pretty, I thought it was pretty creative at the time, and apparently there were arcade cabinets for it. I never saw any, because, you know, at the time, you know, you know, being a kid that lived around in a small town, like... And I think maybe, like, at the time, the Dream Machine was already gone by then, so yeah. never saw that. But, that. but that game would have been awesome to play in an arcade. Um, I remember there was a character, he was, like, a British guy, and, like, he was, like, a pilot, and he had, like, a red jumpsuit. And when he got, like, all three powers, he basically, like, turned into Iron Man. He got, like, armor and could, like, fly and shoot missiles and shit. And there was, like, a guy that was, like, a samurai and stuff. It, it, you can look it up on YouTube. It's, it's a pretty cool game. Yeah. Um, but uh, and like I believe I believe Dreamcast was like the first like console game to have online play, which a lot of people don't talk about. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I believe. I, be, I believe so. Yeah. I could be wrong. Because it had a it had Fantasy Star Online. Yeah. Like the like PS One in Japan had like a an online functionality to it but it didn't have like online multiplayer i don't think oh okay yeah i didn't know that but yeah like um, i said that was japan only but i'm pretty yeah like it 
at the very least, the Dreamcast was the first one to have like online play at the level that it had it. Yeah, and like yeah, I think the first one was like Fantasy Star Online because like Fantasy Star was like Sega's like kind of answer to Final Fantasy. Yeah. Like back when like, Genesis was out, and I never really played like the Fantasy Star games, but I remember like I even remember because I when I was a kid, I had like a subscription to like Game Informer and Electronic Gaming Monthly mm-hmm. magazines. I remember seeing ads for Fantasy Star Online. I'm like, oh, that looks really cool. Like there's, then, there yeah. are people who are still like keeping servers for that game up and running to this day. Yeah, and like the my actually my little brother, him and his friends, they play uh, Fantasy Star Online two. It's actually like free on like the Xbox and PS4, hmm. and apparently it's really good. All right. Um, but anyways, I'll move on. Um, uh, Xbox and GameCube, I. I don't know if I'm necessarily spoiled. I actually got to play all three. My dad, my dad had an Xbox. I had a PS2 and a GameCube. Um, nice. Yeah, we kind of got them like periodically. Like I got like the GameCube like later on. Mm-hmm. I actually got, I actually got the black GameCube that came with that Zelda collection. I don't know if you guys ever played that. No. I um. Yeah, I had that. Yeah. Yeah. It like it came. You could like play like. Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, the, like, first two Zelda games, and then, like, it had, like, a demo for Wind Waker. Like, the only game it was really, the only game it was really missing was Link to the Past, which kind of sucks. Yeah. That it didn't. Um, but, um, I don't know. Like, I've never, I've never, I've never been, like, favored one or the other. Like, I've always been a fan of all the consoles. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my goal. Like I was kind of like a jack of all trades and a master of none, which really describes me with the games because there's so many games that I would just play and I never beat, which mm-hmm. I feel really. I feel like I'm, I'm too scatterbrained. Like I play something for a little bit and then I want to play something else. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, like but like Halo, like with Xbox, like I played the shit out of Halo. The kids in my neighborhood always played Halo. Like my neighbor Josh, like him and his friend Ryan, we always played Halo. Uh, it's just, it's just, I it, I feel like Xbox and Halo, was like, it came out at the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. and if it, was, if it wasn't for Halo, I don't think first-person shooters would be as big as they are today. Right. For, for, for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, it's, it's one of those things, and I, I'll agree, like, over time, like, it's, I, mainly when Halo, by the time Halo 3 came out, I was kind of annoyed with Halo. Like, I got tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Because like, I feel like that's what everybody talked about when he brought up video games. Oh, my God, yeah. And, but but I will say, like, in hindsight, like, looking at some games now, I feel like, it's like, wow, like, Halo's, like, way better than these games. Because, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you guys ever played, because, um, you know, like, you know, like, Bungie left, like, Microsoft and, like, now, like, Microsoft and 343 Studios does Halo and, like, Bungie left. Mm-hmm. Well, like, Bungie did, like, Destiny. Uh, I don't know if you guys play Destiny at all, but, like, it's... It doesn't do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, not, it's definitely not Halo. Yeah. Yeah. Halo, Halo actually has a story. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I will say, though, like, yeah, I agree with Blake. Like, this, 
Halo 2, I think, is the best one. A lot of people think Halo 3 is the best. I think Halo 2 is probably the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, I think, I think the story for Halo actually got better with the spin-off games because, like, like you guys said, like Master Chief is kind of, he's kind of a blank slate. He's just like a one-man army. Yeah, doesn't have much of a personality. One note. I guess, yeah, I guess that's just so the player can like pretend to be him. I guess. Yeah. But like the later games, like ODST and Reach, I really, really liked because they gave them a lot of characterization. Like ODST had like Nathan Fillion and a bunch of cast members from Firefly in it, and they were really funny. Had their like great banter, and they weren't Spartans; they were just ODST, which were just kind of like paratroopers. And I, I just felt like the stakes were a little higher because they weren't like super soldiers. Mm-hmm. And then Halo Reach came out, and as far as like the main series goes, I think two's the best. But I think the best Halo game is Reach, because like Reach is. Uh, did you did you guys ever play Reach? No. No. Did you ever play Reach, Blake? Um, no, I actually did not. No, sir. Uh, it's it, it it's great. Like it's it, the story's just great. It's just about like. I don't know if you guys know anything about the Halo lore, but it's about, like, the fall of Reach and, like, how, you know, like, Master Chief's a Spartan. Well, like, the fall of Reach, like, most of the Spartans were killed in the war, like, in the battle with the Covenant on Reach, and it's it's great. And, like, you follow, like, the noble team, which they're all Spartans, like Master Chief, but, like, you get to know them more. Like, you see them, like, without their helmets, they have distinctive personalities and kind of, spoiler, but, like, I don't know if you guys care, but I mean it's an old game. But uh, most of all of them die, but one of them. Yeah. And as you, and it's very it's very grim and like bleak. It, like it feels like even though it's a science fiction, it feels like a war story and like how they they all like eventually die and like I don't know. It was just it was it was heavy for a Halo game. And like some people, I I hear some people say like it's the worst game, and I'm just like no way like. It's the gameplay's still good and the story's great. Like yeah, no, if 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 you've never been really imp- impressed by Halo, I always like recommend like to play Reach. Right on. But um but uh moving on, uh Super Smash Brothers Melee, I mean that was that was, you know, that was that was the game. I think was that was that the launch game for the GameCube? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think it was because it was kind of funny because the first Smash Brothers was like one of the last uh, N64 games. Yeah. And then and then Melee was one of the first because of how successful Smash Brothers was. Yeah, like and up up until like the release of like the newest Smash Brothers, a lot of people considered Melee to be the best one. Yeah, 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 and and I actually I started to actually like play the new Smash Brothers because my brother has and me and him were playing it and yeah it's pretty good it's it's got a the newest one has a fuck kind of characters but um yeah even characters who've never been on a Nintendo system <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah no like Melee was yeah Melee was huge I remember like bringing that up again like Blake will remember like going over like George's house for his birthday party mm-hmm. and they would just play like Melee constantly yeah, and I remember, I remember George. He was so good at that game. Like when he would play as Link, like you were screwed. 
Um, but yeah, no, that was a fun game, and I it, it, th- those were two one of those games like I got tired of hearing about it because nobody. I feel like everybody always talks about Super Smash Brothers, but you gotta you gotta respect like what it is and like what yeah. it did. Yeah, like, it yeah. Was very, it's very innovative for the fighting game community. Yeah, and there's not there's not many games out like it. Um, uh, Final Fantasy X. I I have played that. I I never finished it. I have this bad habit of I love RPG. I love RPGs, but I have a bad habit of never finishing them. <laughs> Final Fantasy X, like even by RPG standards, it can be a long game. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and Final Fantasy games usually are pretty long. Yeah. Um, I will say it, it actually was not my first Final Fantasy game. My first was um, uh, Seven. Mm. I had Seven. I played it for a little bit, but I was a little too young, and I feel like I kind of lost my attention. Yeah. I I feel like I played 10 more than 7. I actually started to play 7 again recently on the Switch, and I want to, like, go through it. But, um, no, I always really liked 10. I feel like 10, 10 at the time, I feel like was really huge. Like, I feel like I saw it everywhere. And I remember seeing, like, like the cutscenes, like, even, like, even for today's standards, it still looks really good. And, like, at the time, I was like, these are, like, the best graphics I've ever seen. Yeah. Like... Like seeing like the like the commercials and like the poster where like Titus is like standing in the water. I was mm-hmm. like, I was like, this looks like a real person. Right. Just a little stylized, but right. And um, I think I think Ten has some of the more memorable characters. Like I remember like a lot of them like Titus and Yuna and Waka and Orin. Final Fantasy Ten was also the first Final Fantasy to have voice acting. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, it was all just like text. Mm-hmm. Because like, I mean, I never, I never played, I never played nine. I hear, always hear from people that nine is really good, but nine kind of went back to more of the cartoony thing. Because like seven and eight were starting to do more of the realistic look mm-hmm. and like the more of the steampunk thing. Yeah. And then like, I was like nine kind of went back to like basics, and I was like, yeah. And then you see ten, it's like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, seven and eight were and very the, were very sci-fi, and eight was a bit. Seven and eight were sci-fi, with eight leaning into spe- steampunk a bit. Nine went back to like the old school sword and sorcery, and like yeah, ten, ten was very like it was very religious themed. Yeah, ten had that kind of like spiritual thing mm-hmm. to it. Um, and I don't I don't know why I always loved Blitzball. That's one of the things I always stuck out. I put so much time in the Blitzball. I almost played Blitzball more than the actual game itself. Yeah, it was fun. I remember that. It was like, it was a really fun like mini game. And um, I remember being a kid and like, you, I would go to like day camp and we would go to the pool for like day camp. I remember like trying to play Blitzball <laughs> with like kids at day camp and a swimming pool. But I mean, it's it's physically impossible because yeah, I guess I guess the people in Final Fantasy X like I don't know if they say like they're, they're just like able to breathe underwater. Yeah. Or yeah, at least they're, like, they're they're just able to hold their breath for a really long ass time. Yeah, and I just remember like I remember like trying to do that stuff. It's like and telling kids about it. I was like, oh yeah, Blitzball. And they're like, do that. I remember the kids I was playing with. They're like, 
what's Blitzball? I'm like, oh, it's from Final Fantasy X. I'm like, oh, I've never played that. I'm like, well, it's it's like soccer, but it's underwater. And they're like, <laughs> okay, whatever. And then, yeah. like, I remember just, like, throwing a ball and like, trying to, like, backflip kick it and just probably look like an idiot. But, but no, I, that always stuck out to me, the whole water thing. There's a lot of water elements to that game. But, um, yeah, no, I, I remember, too, like, going to um, GameStop, but back then it was, I think it was called Software Etc. And I always wanted that, like, Tidus action figure, because I always loved, like, Tidus's sword. It was, like, mm-hmm. it was, like, the blade was, like, blue and see-through and had, like, bubbles and, like, I think the handle had, like, a bird head on it. Uh, something like that. Um, yeah, and, like, and I was, a, I, I was one of those kids that always called him Titus, and then when I found out it was pronounced Tidus, I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was it was a cool game. I need to. It's one of those games I need to revisit again. Um, Luigi's Mansion. I I didn't I didn't get to play that as much. I remember being in school with Blake, and he would just he would tell me about it all the time, and I just never got around to playing it. Either of you guys played the Luigi's Mansion like arcade game? I did. They actually they have it at Tilt in Hagerstown. Yeah, that's that's it. where I played it. It's uh. It doesn't make a very. Bad. It's all right. It doesn't make a very good arcade game, in my opinion. Yeah, no. It. it well, it's kinda, one of those games like you play for two seconds and you die. Yeah, like, pretty much. And it just it. It loses like the charming and original mechanics of the actual game itself, and it almost just becomes a generic shooter. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, I feel like I played a little bit of it, but not a whole lot. But I remember always hearing about Blake. I, it was one of your like favorite games. Yeah, um, it was a good one. Crash, uh, the Wrath of Cortex. I, I don't, I don't remember if I ever played that one. I feel like most of Crash that I played was like the first three. Yeah. Because what, what was it? What number was the Wrath of Cortex? Like what, what game? Uh, was that? six. Because you had the first three, and then you had Crash Team Racing, and then you had Crash Bash, which was basically the Crash Bandicoot Mario Party, and then you had Wrath of Cortex. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I got that far. I think I played up to about the third one, and I, I don't think I played that one. Yeah, like I said, for me, like being a huge fan of Crash Bandicoot during the PS One years, and then getting the Wrath of Cortex, like one of the first games on the PS Two, like. Oof, that was that was a huge moment of disappointment for me as a kid. Yeah, it wasn't any good. I mean, it's all right, but like, it's a very noticeable decline in quality because at that point, Naughty Dog had left Crash, um, so it's it was they, a, they they were doing Jack and Daxter at that time, right? right? So it was a very noticeable decline in quality, and it, it was also like the fact that it it, it was basically a co- a carbon copy of the third game. So it didn't really bring anything new to the table. The the very little it did bring that was new, it was it it was not very good. Yeah. Was was did Jack and Daxter come out in two thousand one? I think Jack and Daxter came out in two thousand two, I believe. Okay. I'm trying to remember of like launch titles for the PS two. I can't think of any. Because well, the PS two launched the... the year before. Yeah. All of two thousand, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you guys talk about that like last time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Oh, okay. I'm trying. See this thing. I can't even remember the first game I had for PS2. I think honestly, I think I might have gotten my PS2 late. I feel like the the first game that's like coming to my mind that I had for PS2 was the the Spider-Man game, like the the first Tobey Maguire movie game. I remember that game. That would have been 2002. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might have gotten that late. Because a lot of the times I didn't get consoles like right when they came out. Yeah. Because my parents didn't feel like paying full price. Right. Um. But yeah, no, I remember playing like the first Doom of Fire game a lot for PS2, and I feel like that was like. I feel like that was my first PS2 game. I'm not positive. Right. Well. But, uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we covered the year 2001 pretty well, guys. Um, can I leave us just with one thought real quick? I'm sorry. I know we're trying to wrap it up since it's getting late, but one more thought. <laughs> Go for so, it. So Trevor, um, <laughs> well, I guess I spoiled it, almost went to a drive-in um, premiere for the new Mutants movie. Yeah. And uh, this is the uh, text messages he sent me in real time. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, um, did he get, did he go to the Alamo Draft House? I heard they were playing it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're doing like they're doing like an inflatable screen, like outside drive-in thing, which is cool. So he goes, and obviously, like for everyone listening, I know I don't have to recap it with you guys. Um, the New Mutants is now notorious for the fact that like we first saw the teaser trailer for it like three years ago. Like it was Friday the Thirteenth, October two thousand seventeen. It yeah. was the day I met my suit, my eventual wife. Um, uh-huh. yeah, and, um, so yeah, so the movie just keeps getting, like, pushed back and delayed and, and whatnot, and then, like, Disney bought Fox, and so here we are, like, three years later, and so Trevor sends me a text, the screen has been down for technical difficulties, and the movie <laughs> was supposed to start at 8.45, that was at, like, 9.06, this movie, <laughs> and then he sends, this movie isn't fucking real, <laughs> and then the last text... The last text he sent me was, "Oh my God, they legit canceled the showing." <laughs> so like, so the new 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 Mutants is like never gonna premiere. No. Like, <laughs> and I was that was the thing. I was thinking of going to see it like this weekend. <laughs> try, try try to somebody because somebody told me it was at the Alamo Draft House, and I was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, maybe I should go see it. Uh, I mean, if you if you can go to a drive-in, like I mean, and I'm not gonna get too like motherly and political here, even though it shouldn't be political. Like, I still don't think going inside a movie theater is safe yet. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't really want to go in a theater, but like if they're doing the drive-in thing, that'd be cool. No, no, that would be cool. I I I agree. One hundred percent. But yeah, so that that was that was Trevor's review for the new mutants, which is this movie isn't fucking real. <laughs> That's pretty funny though. Yeah. Poor so. guy. I mean that, I mean it sucks that he went there and got canceled, but But that's hilarious though. That's funny. So but Alright. Alright, well on that note I think we covered the year two thousand one very well. Um, I wanna thank you guys for joining us. I wanna thank Michael for joining us tonight. Um my name no is problem. my name is Don John. You can find me on Twitter at the Don John nineteen ninety one. You can also follow me on Facebook at Don John. Uh, you can find Blake on Twitter at Puka Saucy. You can also find Puka Saucy on Facebook. Uh, Mike, you got any social media you want to plug? 
Uh, basically, it's just my name, Michael Reading. You can. I'm on Facebook and Twitter. That's. I did have a Tumblr, but like Tumblr kind of died. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the extent of mine. <laughs> right, At well. M Whedon. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, be sure if you guys tuned in late for this show or missed the last episode. You can always catch up on YouTube as well as Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and hopefully soon Pandora. Still waiting on the approval for that. So, nice. on that note, hope you guys have a good evening. It was all it was fun. Be good and be safe. Lucky Land Slots asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.